combat time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Combat Time, a podcast where three friends talk about all things Mortal Kombat. I am one of your hosts, Yasin, and I am joined by Jay. Hello, hello. And Josh. Yo. How is it going, everybody? It's going it all right. It's going pretty good on this wonderful All Hallows Eve as of the date that we are recording this. Yes. The weather is wonderful and the leaves are turning colors and everything is right with the world. I like that it's All Hallows Eve. Yeah, are you Eve. in a different part of the city? <laughs> the weather is not good over here. Yeah, the, well, Jay likes his fucking cold, wet, nasty No, I like yes. it too, but like... Uh, and the leaves aren't like pretty. They, they've turned. They, they're starting to turn, but it's not pretty autumn yet. It's just bleak. I love Halloween, but I don't like the cold and bleakness. And it's rainy. It's nasty. I don't like it right now. Yeah, if it wasn't rainy, it was just a bit cold and had a little bit of sunshine, then I'd be fine. But, I mean, I think it rained last night. And, yeah, it's gloomy and stuff. Yeah. But I guess that makes sense for Halloween. I guess so, yeah. But I associate Which, I mean, Halloween this is gonna with, with bright <laughs> yeah, fire orange it. leaves blowing in the dry wind, but that's not what we're having right now. And yes, yeah, this yeah. is Halloween, but this is going to be posted long after Halloween. We, we did our spooky episode. Be- we did our mysteries episode. I still consider this a Halloween episode because uh, uh, I have an idea well, for This is coming out in the middle of November. So. Yeah. I like the idea of extending Halloween anyway. And November is a bleak, spooky month, too. There's no other depressing month than November for me. Hey, hold on, hold. Hey, let's 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 calm down on the whole November hate. Just uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, November. Yeah, walking in my old apartment complex time. where I used to live, coming home from work one day, and it's already kind of dark, and I'm looking around, and nobody is out because it's cold, and I don't even see lights on in some of the houses, and I feel like I'm the only person on earth, and I'm like, wow, this is fucking creepy. November. Josh, is I bleak. think the people that live around you are just incorrect and wrong. Because, like, the people that should be out, like, should be out. This is great weather, you know? It's, there's no bugs, there's no humidity, it is wonderful, it is, like, I'll give you the no bugs part. I do hate some bugs lately. Yeah. Speaking of bugs, there's plenty of bugs in, uh, what we're going to be talking about, uh, today, which is... is Oh, God, is there. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, today we are going to be continuing our journey through the Mortal Kombat games, with Mortal Kombat 3 slash Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3 released in 1995. Uh, it was a continuation of 3, but, you know, a lot of the core, like, fan favorite characters were not in the game. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 came out in... Uh, I got it right here. Uh, 95. Right? I came out in November. April, it came out November no, no, Mortal Kombat yeah. 3 in the arcades came out uh, April 15th, 1995. And then uh, Ultimate came out in November in arcades in 95. Actually, December. I'm sorry, October. October 6th. I have a whole timeline drawn out here. November 6th. I'm telling you it's November. I'm pretty sure it came out, no, October, dude. Nope, I'm pretty sure it's November. Fuck, we already got a conflict here oh let's, let's go hold on let me it I'm came gonna, out in the fall that's all we need to know <laughs> but one thing we yeah. can all, 
But one thing we can all agree on is that with Mortal Kombat 3, Ultimate and Mortal Kombat 3, and then the movie, 1995 was definitely the year of Mortal Kombat. It literally was officially decreed the year of Mortal Kombat. And what a year it was. What a year it was. This was the hype year where, you know, Mortal we're fresh off of how badass Mortal Kombat 2 was, but... What, you just... Looking on Wikipedia, North America Arcade, November 1995. What the fuck am I pulling from then? Or am I reading I my know. notes wrong? Weird. Obviously, okay. it's not no, here's Wikipedia. The thing. When I when I hit Google, like if I looked on Google, Google says October 1995. But then I went to Wikipedia and it says November. So, huh? There's some debate in that then. Guess I should have done. But I also saw deeper. other websites that said November as well. So oh. we're getting into the weeds. We're getting into the weeds already. Early. But point is, it yeah. was a year fresh off of Mortal Kombat 2 being a mega hit. Every kid is flipping their brains. And they know a movie's coming out. If you're like me, you watch yep. the TNT special, which had commercials for the <laughs> Mortal Kombat 3, which was just hot coming out. And then it came out right before the also, movie. Mm. Also, also, what was it? If you play, if you watch The Journey Begins, <laughs> it also told you to play Mortal Kombat 3. Yep. So I think this was, uh, it's fair to say, the absolute height of Mortal Kombat's popularity, and what a time to be a kid. Absolutely. You had the games, you had the movies, you had the crappy CG straight-to-video thing. Which I never saw until a couple months ago. (laughs) Yeah, you had comic books, it's all that. Yeah. Wait, Defenders of the Realm, was that in 96? (sighs) You know... I didn't even touch upon that in our research. Uh, I, I it think came it, was. it, it think, came out before. The room was ninety six. I, I believe it was because it came out before Annihilation, uh, which was ninety seven, and I think it kind of came out at the tail end of three being awesome and and trailing off, and then they pop up this stupid Saturday morning kids cartoon. So yeah, that sounds about right. But of course, like I'm with looking... oh, good. But of course, I was going to say that with Mortal Kombat three. You know, much like any other sequel to any other game before it, the idea is always like, go bigger, go better, or go home. So, two things that are pretty obvious to mention about Mortal Kombat 3 is that the budget was bigger for this game, and it also had a lot more things that you could do with it. uh, Besides the budget being bigger, it also had other things that would become more of like a staple of the Mortal Kombat franchise for many years to come. Um... It actually was the first game to, of course, have the run feature, which a lot of play, uh, players, including myself, do not like to, to sort of up the aggression of it. It also had, you know, a lot of like, uh, it, it also had like a chain combos that you could do, which again, to up the aggression factor. And a lot of players uh, at the time did not like it. And I would also include myself in that. Though you can what? do some pretty fun Interesting. stuff. Interesting. As a kid, I didn't like I him because I wasn't good at combos. Now, as an adult, I appreciate them. I loved them. it. Yeah, it's just like I up the damage. I loved it even back then. Really? I, didn't, like, I don't like him just because they're... They're very bread and butter type combos. Like they only go one way. Like if I'm gonna like uppercut someone in a combo chain, I can't like cancel it in the mid of it. You can cancel the first hit, but you can't cancel like mid range as far as once you start it, it doesn't really stop, and it's always the same combo again and again and again. That's really the only thing I don't like about it. But the combos you could do off of that like three piece chain that every character has, some actually end in an uppercut. And if it ends in an uppercut, oh, you can do some stuff. You can do all types of stuff, which I'll get into later on. But yeah, it definitely makes Mortal Kombat 3 like super aggressive, like super freaking aggressive. There is no reason to defend in this game. Like you just need to like no. run <laughs> and 
and, and mash buttons. It's there, definitely the button masher combat game. There's a sure. reason some people prefer the the unlockable mode of uh, blocking and disabled. Because it just turns oh, into yeah, yeah. you have to be aggressive. There is no defense. Uh, and, you that's know, true. that's Mortal Kombat 3 is just a fast and furious game. Bigger and better, funny that you say, because it is in aspects of gameplay, bigger and better, and more fatalities and finishers. In a way, though, it feels smaller because, yeah, we have all, a lot of recognizable characters missing, at least in the first iteration. And, boy, that was kind of fresh as a kid. No Scorpion, no Johnny Cage. He's these robot ninjas now. And it had this whole new aesthetic. Sub-Zero now? No, yeah, we have a white Sub-Zero. Uh, which, <laughs> I, correct me if I'm wrong, canonically, uh, Sub-Zero, both Bihan and Kwai Lang, are actually technically... I've always heard that they're actually half white, half Chinese. I didn't I, d- I mean, I've always heard that because the Lin Kuei apparently is not... Uh, they don't discriminate because Smoke is Norwegian. Uh, they just take in whoever and supposedly... That might have just been a way to explain why John Turk <laughs> is playing uh, yeah. Sub-Zero. Uh, but I think I've always heard that, that, that Sub-Zero is supposed to be a mixed ancestry. Of course, we learned that he's actually a cryomancer from another realm. But, you know, that's neither here or there. His ending, <laughs> his ending face in MK2 is a full Chinese person, or so it seems. So that might have just been retconned later. <laughs> there's, also, there's also, like, a couple of firsts in this game that would eventually, you know, also become, like, uh, more infamous you know things the series like of course this is the first game not infamous well or like infamous or or famous things in general but uh but like uh animality is actually uh got their debut in this game Mm -hmm. this is awesome and actually this is something i didn't know and i feel bad for this but this is also the first game where you can input a code after you beat your opponent and you could give them a mercy Yes. Which would give them a sliver of life, which would revive and them to give your opponent a fighting chance, should you choose wait, to do it. You have to do a mercy to be able to do an animality too. It's just oh, no, like see, that I didn't know. Yeah, I just like in MK2, where you ha- to do a friendship, you had to like you know not block or something. There's like a requirement here. You have to to do an animality. You first have to do mercy, and you can only do mercy at the end of like the third round or some shit. So it's like being. I a- always thought until now that mercy was only in trilogy. Nope, no, it was an MK3. It was an MK3, that's true. Because I didn't know that either. Like I, I think the reason why is that I had never actually done um, a Mercy before, because if I'm ever playing... Mm. Uh, if I'm ever playing people in an arcade machine, no one does a freaking Mercy. They're like, no, dude, you gotta Hell, die. So I, playing I MK11 now, I got, I got people doing Mercies on me, and I don't know if there's a, a benefit of doing them in MK11, just the fact that you, you, you give your opponent another chance to win. It's a shame thing. I guess it is, but I, I've uh, once in a while have turned it over and won a match when a guy gave me mercy, and I'm mm. like, ha, 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 you should have killed me when you had this the chance. Is, <laughs> M- M- MK3 is also the first game, though, to actually have, like, the little, um, like, when you actually see the character versus screen, it's got those six, like, Mortal Kombat bars at the bottom where you can enter a certain code. So it's the first game to introduce that, where you could do various things, like infinite health or one hit kills or everybody's running all the time or you can't block like you can disable it they really changed how secrets and hidden stuff works in this game because before it was like these archaic things and all that but now they pretty much just for the most part contained it within these combat codes which yeah you have to do in the two-player versus screen uh if you're playing one player when you die or beat the game you have the ultimate combat code you can enter and by tying it to just this thing they could and enable them to just sneak in codes in magazines and everywhere else. 
instead of magazines making up their own stupid rumors like Nimbus Terrafo and whatever, they just slip as like, hey, here's Dragon Symbol, whatever. I wonder what this does. Even the fucking movie had a code hidden in the, in the fucking end credits, remember? Oh, yeah. The, and, what, are you talking about The Journey Begins? No. The MK95 movie. During the credits, uh, periodically... In between the actual, you know, credits, there's a little symbol, and that's one of the codes. And if you record it all down, it's a six-digit, it's a combat code. And I meant to look up what it does, uh, but I don't know, there's a combat code hidden in the Mortal Kombat 95 credits. That's, that's so, like, not meta, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like the... I think I mentioned it before, like the Metagur Solid Secrets, where you like right. you have to look at the back of the box to get the radio frequency that you can use to call this specific person. Yeah, and I guess just enable them to, to to almost partner with magazines in like dispersing out these codes. And let's be honest, most of them are just get little gameplay things, no blocks, this and that. There is a code yeah. to fight uh, to play as Noob Cybot when you get to Ultimate, uh, but that's only for a two-player match. Uh, and stuff like that, and that's how you would unlock the unlockable characters who would show up in Ultimate is through these combat codes. One of the things I always used to love is that, like, whenever you went to an arcade uh, place back in the day, one thing that was fun is that some arcades, if they were generous, actually would have all the characters unlocked for you, so you would nice. know that if they had smoke, for example. But there were well, some arcades that didn't, and if and if the person who ran the arcade was feeling particularly generous, he would leave it. But if he was feeling like a douche, he could actually reset the game entirely, so when people played yep. the game, smoke and none of the hidden characters would be unlocked. And that was always a the fun reason that thing is to actually is, find is because if you unlocked smoke, which in, in base MK3 to unlock smoke, you have to enter a combat code when you beat the game or, or get to a game over screen. And once you unlock them, it is supposed to be permanent. So that means, yeah, you could come into an arcade machine and somebody already unlocks smoke and he's there. And yeah, he'll he'll always be there unless, yeah, the arcade manager's a dick and wants to reset the machine. <laughs> and sometimes they did that. I remember, like, I remember that. But I guess, like, full confession uh, for me, for the most part, I don't think I actually played mk3 original i think i only played ultimate because one of my favorite memories of mk3 as far as like stages is that i played so many players um on the desert stage where cyrox is in the background mm-hmm. like i guess drowning in quicksand or something and that's I only remember in that ultimate. stage probably more than anything and yeah and that stage is only an ultimate it's not an mk3 original and i'm just and i'm thinking to myself i don't think i ever played like the original version of mk3 i, I think, think i, I did ultimate. i think i did a little bit i definitely played ultimate a lot in the arcades because like i said that's when i started going to arcades but uh i i know i played the the snes version of base mk3 and maybe a little bit in the arcades and that's where i was getting used to like oh man all these new characters no scorpion who's a shiva who's a cyrax who became my main uh it's just this new thing yeah and also i guess one thing that did change with mortal kombat 3 this is definitely how can i put it the jump the shark kind of game where they just said okay like we realize mortal kombat is has this controversial violence. So let's just get goofy with it. So yeah. they, so you get the really goofy fatalities in this game, where like all of a sudden Liu Kang has a fatality where he just drops an MK1 machine on you. Um, Jax grows into a giant and just stomps you to death. And what, I think it's Sector, like drops a bunch of bombs and blows up the world. That's I mean, smoke, like, yeah. Traumatizing, absolutely. Traumatizing, you see. Um, I, I, <laughs> I think I was reading about you know how, how they, they figured that out and they just wanted to have fun. 
And I have no problem with that. At this point, Mortal Kombat's a party game. Just get silly. The problem yeah. I have, and I think even Ed Boon says, yeah, we kind of dropped the ball on this, is just the, 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 the representation of the gore. <laughs> to where an MK2, if you rip off someone's torso and you can throw it on the ground and the legs, sometimes they stand there, sometimes they crumple, but they look gory. Here, it's just, it looks like you cut and paste like South Park, you know, little paper pieces that, you know, the torso falls here, but it doesn't crumple to the ground. It just looks like a, like a pasted yeah. piece of paper. And then, uh, you know, if someone blows up 20 femurs and all the, you know, but and yeah, 20, and feet, yeah, 20 femurs, two skulls, like five rib cages, like, you know, all that stuff. Like apparently like yeah. everybody's like skeleton is held together by Legos. They did have <laughs> so. some real gruesome ones though. Like Shiva rips your skin off. Yeah, and like uh, you see, the also the, I, I like the animation when someone gets burnt to a crisp. Yeah, like, the fire effect looks really. Cool. That's pretty detailed. It's it's probably the yeah. best that that type of death has been in the series up to that point. I will say the one like the Kung Lao fatality where he slices you up like section by section. That definitely looks like like a Photoshop. Type yeah, of that's like one of the prime examples of yeah, wow, this is yeah. not satisfying. Not that I don't want to be satisfying seeing. Satisfied seeing people getting cut up, but you know, there's a little <laughs> yeah. visceral reward. I was looking, I was going back a bit to like some of the secret codes and stuff. I was looking at some of them, and I don't know why, but I landed on one where like the one to get, uh, to play a smoke on the Genesis for MK3. Mm. I remember knowing, I think I knew this code back then. It was A-B-B-A-D-A-B-B-A-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-U-D-
But I couldn't do that in the GOG version because, you know, the file structure is all different. So I can't get in there in the command prompt. And I learned you have to go into the, the, the configuration file and add 666 to this one line of code. So I did that and played as smoke. And holy shit, the game's infinitely harder. It's like when you fight Reptile in MK1, the game just decides, okay, you're a badass, so we're going to make it harder. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, dog, I'm like fighting Nightwolf. And he's just like arrowing me. And sh- I, like I couldn't survive i really wanted to play a smoke but i didn't get my moment because i'm like this is cheap and i learned that there's a code to add smoke and increase the ai difficulty and that code is zero six 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 uh but i didn't enter that i just entered six 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 but i guess just when you have smoke it must make the game harder because before i did that i just said screw it and i'm gonna go to the super nintendo and uh access smoke there which you have to enter a code at the intro screen much like the genesis one uh which i don't think it's habba dabba do what is it unlock smoke and it's <laughs> left no yeah for the super nintendo you have to left an a on the copyright screen and then when it goes to the next screen you go right and b and then when it says there is no knowledge that is not power which is a curious quote to have attached to mk3 uh, yeah. you hit another button combination and then smoke will walk out and screen and Shao Kahn says outstanding. But once again, I tried that and the game just fuck. Once again, I'm fighting Nightwolf and he's just like incredibly hard. I'm like, fuck this. I'm just wait till I play Ultimate MK3 to be his smoke. Which actually, <laughs> like one thing, Josh, because you mentioned is speaking of difficulty, Mortal Kombat 3, as far as I'm aware, I, like in my own research on this, uh, on this, Mortal Kombat 3 was the first arcade version of Mortal Kombat that actually has a difficulty setting where you yes. actually choose easy, choose medium, or hard, or in this case, like very easy, very hard, etc. And it was the first game that actually had like the whole tower thing, mm-hmm. like where you could do like where you could like different towers, like novice, um, uh, amateur, whatever, then master class and all that stuff. First game to do that, actually. Yeah, so. um, which is in- made more complex and confusing in the home versions and the DOS versions and the and the 16-bit versions because there's a difficulty setting in the menu. Your typical very easy, easy to very hard, but then you still have the tower. The, yeah, and I think yeah. the tower things is just basically it's you know obviously the length of the tower and deciding at what point up the tower the computer decides to say fuck you (laughs) (laughs) whereas the 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 menu settings just change the general ai behavior to be a little more forgiving which honestly uh in my experience playing the home console versions didn't seem to make a difference the computer was still like nah fuck you even a very easy i'm like wow the easiest version to play is the gog version uh i beat i breezed through the game as cyrax uh got a little stymied at mataro uh, but learn my trick of jump kicking him, uh, which I was uh, instructed to use scene, you know, always be kicking. <laughs> ABK. <laughs> always be kicking. Always be like, kicking. And when, then, in doubt, all, when in doubt, always do the Mortal Kombat Conquest TV show intro. Yes. Just kick everything. <laughs> always Just, be, no, always be jump kicking. Not yes, always jump, jump kicking. kicking. When you're yes. jumping, you're always hitting the A or X button. You always be kicking. And then Shao Kahn. If you're playing a character that has, you know, kind of a, a, a stall move, like, you know, the, the net or Sub-Zero's freeze, you just spam that shit in Shao Kahn. I walked through your scene while he was trying to beat Shao Kahn. Dude. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you you played, you said you played uh, mainly the GOG version of MK3. Yeah. For all, What other versions of I played, MK3 or Ultimate did you play? I also played the home uh, SNES version of base MK3. I played the Super Nintendo and Genesis versions of Ultimate MK3, 
And then I played Ultimate Mortal Kombat on my Nintendo DS, which is pretty much an arcade perfect port of Ultimate MK3. And they all played. Do you have a cart for that? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I found found it in a GameStop. Okay, because I was I was I looked on the eShop and I couldn't find it. Oh no, yeah, it's not digital. It's it's physical only. Okay, because that's not even a 3DS yeah. game. That was back when the 2DS was the thing. 2DS, yeah. Yeah, but it, it pretty much or, no, yeah. no. It was a 2DS game because it's a black cart. But uh, it's a pr- right. It, but it's not 2DS because there there is actually a 2DS. What the fuck? That's yeah. There is a, a version of the 3DS afterwards that's called the 2DS that doesn't have the 3D slider. Right, I understand that. But which is th- different. This from is a the 2DS DS. game. You can't do 3D on it. It is a 2. It is meant for the 2DS, but you can play it in your 3DS. One of the things I actually ended up loving about MK3, though, which, it, like, popping in the game, I actually played the SNES, uh, the SNES mini version of the game, so my whole torture was Super Nintendo, and everything was hard. Even the easy difficulty was hard. Yeah, like, dude, that, that was the have, hardest version I played, dude. Yeah, like, dude, like, the computer doesn't give a fuck. I put it on, I put it on very, very easy, and the first match I fought, the computer went into rushdown mode, and after I got defeated, I didn't just get fatality. I got brutality. I'm like, oh, okay. So that so it's going to be like this. And then, of course, you only get five credits in that version. So after five credits, it's game over time. And I think I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't beat the game, but I can say I got to Montaro like once, and then Horsey goes stomp on my face and I die. <laughs> so you know, it, like it, it, like it was bad. But man, if there's one thing that made me laugh my butt off though, is that when uh, when you actually get to into the story of MK3, I just love it because at the beginning, you know. Here comes Raiden showing, you know, how he is without a doubt father of the year because he just says like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah, Shao Kahn's still around. And yeah, he like tried to like resurrect his wife and he merged Earthrealm with Outworld anyway. And everybody's dead, but you guys are alive and I can't fight in this. And then GTFOs. And I'm just like, oh, thanks, Raiden. These are the words of Raiden. (laughs) (laughs) Like, thanks, Raiden. You're you're a real stand-up guy. Which, of course, Raiden is not in Mortal Kombat three for this reason because he GTFO'd. Makes me wonder why he wasn't. Because, like I said, we you know the actor was still around, but I I think they wanted to. I don't know story reasons. They wanted to go a different direction. Yeah, and they definitely did. Uh, Funny to note, uh, Jay, that the the Ultimate MK three Super Nintendo version, which I also played, and I managed to get to Mataro and just never got past that but it's funny typically you fight Mataro in the arcade versions in uh the stage is called noob cybots dorfin whatever a fucking dorfin is um it's basically <laughs> goro's lair but it looks like more detailed um but yeah. in the super nintendo version of ultim mk3 i remember this as a kid and it all came back to me when i got to this point you fight Mataro on the rooftop stage Really? It's like for some reason Motaro found a way <laughs> to get up the stairwell on these human stairs or fit in a human <laughs> elevator and get to this rooftop in an American city to fight you. <laughs> and that's where you fight him. Oh my god. Um, um I, oh there's something else I want to mention too. As far as codes, uh I meant I, I meant to bring this up a few steps ago, but we kinda uh, uh went on. But uh you know, you mentioned unique codes in the Genesis version. Uh, there is a rumored, I could not find it, a rumored exclusive PlayStation 1 code uh, for the PlayStation 1 port of the game that would come later. Um, I don't know what it is. Somebody referenced to it. Uh, I mentioned Smoke's code. There's another code, though, that uh, Carrie Hoskins, a.k.a. Sonya Blade, uh, actually <laughs> dropped on that making of video uh, that, you know, showed all the behind the scenes. 
and, and she said, you know, she was kind of conspiratorial about it too. She's kind of looking off to her side in this little interview, which is like, looks like in her house. It's like, it doesn't, she's not in costume. It looks like a biography interview, you know, type of thing. I felt a bit uncomfortable watching. I was like, what is, what's going what on? What's she saying? Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. uh, she says, um, hey, don't tell anybody, but if you do, back forward, back down, and then run really fast, I'll be your friend forever. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I tried it too, and it didn't work. <laughs> but So you're not her friend? I'm not. I, I, well, she didn't message me, so I, I guess she's not my friend. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of uh, Kerry Hoskins, I kind of want to jump into like some of the old and new actors mm, yeah. who you know joined you know the roster for MK3 and for Ultimate as well. Um, since we're talking about her, let's start with uh, Kerry Hoskins or Carrie Ann Hoskins as she goes on social media. Uh, she is an actor and a personal trainer. I think she's like you were saying in I think MK2, like a lot of the. Uh, people that they got to play the characters were like personal trainers at like a local gym or something yeah. like that in Chicago. I feel, and like correct me if I'm wrong, that they expanded their horizons with MK3 because it feels like yeah. Carrie Hoskins I, was a little bit more high profile than, say, Elizabeth Malecki, who was the original Sonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see how how extended their you know tenure was in these games because she was uh, Sonia Blade in MK3 Ultimate. Uh, Advanced Trilogy, MK4, and Special Forces. Oh wow, Special Forces. Well, I mean, it's hard to count Ultimate and 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 yeah, Trilogy those were like the same reuse, But she did, yeah. even though MK4 isn't sprites. She they modeled actors because you know all the Jax's actor is still Jax and MK4, and it's yeah. obviously Carrie Hoskins when you look at the MK4 Sonya. It's like, oh yeah, that's her. She was also in uh, MK Mythologies Sub Zero as Kia. Oh what? Really, she yeah. was. That's oh. news to me. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That goth-looking girl, yep. like the Quan Chi's, like lackey. That's her. Yeah. No shit. Uh, there was another. Uh, who was the other one? There was the other. Of course, she was in NBA Jam and Revolution X. Oh, uh, the actress who played Sindel is also in Sub Mythologies as Serena. Okay, yeah, Serena. That's what I thought you meant. Yes, that that makes sense. But Carrie Ann Hoskins is in it too. I never played the, all yeah. the way through mythology, so this is another character. Me neither. Okay. Uh, she's also in MK uh, in NBA Jam. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's a cheerleader, uh, and she's and surprisingly she's uh, she worked on Killer Instinct the 2013 game as Maya. Really? I don't know if she did the voice or motion capture, but yeah. I'll be damned. She's, okay. She's still like working on stuff, and now I know she does like convention stuff, and like recently she like. I think, what was it, for the 25th anniversary or something of uh, MK3 or something like that? I think last year she did, she put on the costume again. Right. And it was like, it like went viral a little and, bit. And as far as I know, she's me. never taken it off. <laughs> Dude, she, she always posts. She looks exactly the same. It, I, well, I mean, obviously not exactly, but she might as well damn play Sonya in like the next Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. She's got um, the look for it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm uh, concerned, she is a quintessential Sonya Blade. I never liked Elizabeth, yeah. no fault to Elizabeth Malecki, but her costume in one was really dorky looking. And it was... Yeah, I like the costume in, in three. It's so, yeah. I mean, every costume is so streamlined 
and cool looking. And like Sonya's is like right up there. It's just like, it looks cool now. It doesn't look dorky. Yeah, that was the interesting thing about like a lot of the costume design in 3. Even though I love the, the simple design of MK2. Yeah. I liked how they stepped it up. Well, I know Rich DeVizio, uh, Kano, had some complaints about his costume because, you know, he used to wear a karate gi and his distinguishing feature was his his eye plate. And now he's shaved his head, shaved his face, and he's got this weird-ass costume. And there's a behind-the-scenes thing where he was, like, recounting, uh, reacting to his new design. He's like, what is this, space Kano? (laughs) But it, I it, think it looks cool. It looks cool because it fits the whole aesthetic of the game too. Because we've gone from the the stereotypical Asian, you know, enter the dragon shit into like futuristic Western, and you know, yeah, it, I dig it. Uh, speaking of uh, Rich Divisio, uh, he is the only actor to be in all of the digitized MK game. Man, really? Yeah, yeah. He he played Kano from one to you know trilogy and he was also baraka uh, he was baraka in two uh he was cabal in mk3 in ultimate oh shit really that's what from what i could tell yeah and he's I guess, also i guess and also because he's huh? wearing, it's, i guess it's kind of hard to tell though just because cabal wears that mask right and baraka yeah. wears a mask yeah and i couldn't i've seen it in one place but i'm not it i don't know if it makes sense but it also says that he's noob cyborg well, uh, I, like, I know why, why it says that, be because uh, MK3, Noob Saibot was a fightable character, but since there were no ninjas in MK3, they could have pellet-swapped it with Cyrax or Sector, like, but they, they it's a pellet-swap of Kano. That's why he's credited as Noob Saibot. Right. Okay, that's Because that's Kano's like, got the kind of shoulder points on his uniform, so it yeah, kind of looks yeah, like a ninja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. That's what. That's what I was confused about because I know in Ultimate MK3 he just looks like another ninja. Right. Which was John Turk. It was John Turk. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. Yeah. You're wrong. It wasn't John Turk. Was just maskless Sub Zero. He wasn't the ninjas. I've seen him credited as. Mm, God Shang damn it! Tsung, I should have looked this up. Uh, Scorpion, Reptile, and Ermac. Okay. Well, you're the one that did the research on the actors, so I'll have to take your word for that. Then that's John. I mean, Turk. I was going between like. Uh, like Wikipedia, IMDb, uh, fandom wiki. Like I was trying to corroborate between huh. them all. So there may be like it was getting kind of confusing with some of these people because like some of them were like, oh, you know, they were only in these two, and this one was in the third one. It's, it was a it was a whole lot. Yeah. From what I could tell, he was the the um, the ninjas as well in Ultimate. Okay. And they just didn't come up with the ninjas till later, which you know it goes to sh- Ultimate feels like, okay, they came up with after the fact, but they planned it since the beginning. Like, they knew they were going to have Katana, Melina, and Reptile and everybody back, but they just didn't yeah. do it for the first iteration. Uh, right. And I guess, yeah, they were just playing like, hey, John Turk, we don't have a ninja outfit for you yet, so uh, just wear these suspenders and put this red paint in your face. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, a few other things I want to say about uh, uh, Rich DeVisio before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh he holds a computer graphic design degree from American Academy of Art in Chicago. He does. Which is also the alumnus of John Tobias. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, he's also a martial artist trained in the ways of seven-star praying mantis, Chinese kung fu, and wushu. Rich DeVizio is an interesting character to me because he is a, for all intents and purposes, a desk jockey dork. You know, he's graphic design. He's gone out to say his like favorite arcade game is Miss Pac-Man. 
Um, yeah. But he's also a badass martial artist, which is how he got he's the first He's also been okay. in a couple other films, too. Yeah. Uh, he was a foot soldier in TMNT 2. Mm-hmm. Yep, him and... And he was a bodyguard in The Dark Knight. Yes, uh, I was going to mention him and John Turk are both in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think him and uh, Tony Marquez were in TMNT 2. Yeah, uh, TMNT 2 was... I didn't know Tony Marquez is in it. I know... Daniel Pac- He's a stunt double for Leonardo. Daniel Pacina's in it. Uh, Rich Divizio's in it, and yeah, I guess Tony Marquez is in it. I didn't. I forgot that. There, there were He's several. A stunt double dude. Damn. For Leonardo. Yeah, man. He was in that suit. Shit. <laughs> it's more striking it's pretty, though to uh, Dark Knight. Like I want to go back and watch the Dark Knight. The exact scene. Rich Divizio is in the scene where they break up the dinner at the restaurant. It's like you're gonna embarrass me in front of my friends, Commissioner. You know that scene. Yeah. Rich DeVizio is yeah, sitting yeah, yeah. against a wall of like a cane. And jo- John Turk is in the beginning scene in the parking garage uh, with Scarecrow and all them. And he's like one of the goons. And he's awesome. instantly recognizable <laughs> because his fucking giant square, like super jaw. uber mensch jaw. <laughs> I still love the idea that like, like now, if anybody asks, like, huh, how could one link... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movies, and then Mortal Kombat, the games, together. Well, it's well, very easily. easy. There's one single yeah. link. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, still, like, Fuck most nine degrees of separation. That. This is one degree. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, dude, like, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't know that. Like, however, it makes sense. Like, of course, like, the dude who was the stunt double for Leonardo inside the suit had involvement in more, like, like, with Mortal Kombat. Like, of course he did. So... It's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, okay, I learn new things every day. It kind of makes my childhood more complete. Like, yeah, all the people I loved so much as a kid were involved in so many other things that I also loved as a kid. It's just, it's very Yeah, fun. and that's that's what I liked about doing the research here was trying to figure out what uh, where, where these people, like, pop up in other media. Yeah, like the Dark Knight thing with, like, him and John Turk. With John Turk, uh, he was... He's a model, bodybuilder, personal trainer, actor, and a former Chicago police officer. No shit. Uh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Um, he posts a lot of stuff so lately, like was, as far as like his stunt work and stuff, even still. Yeah. So he's credited as Sub-Zero, obviously, in MK3 and Ultimate. Also as Shang Tsung and Scorpion, Reptiles, and Ermac. Yeah, so I guess he was the ninjas. I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought they, uh, they he's waited also to get in him. Deadly Alliance at Sub Zero and the voice of Movado. No shit. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I don't so, remember yeah. Movado. Does he have utterances? I guess so. Huh. I don't know. I again haven't played that game, so I don't know. I have, but and um, I like Movado. He's a really cool character, but yeah. Huh. Interesting. Moving on. Uh Sindel's actor, actress, uh Leah Montalongo. Uh she was the youngest uh, actor in an MK game. She was 19 when she did MK3. She was Sindel in the MK3 games, including the Ultimate and Trilogy, and MK Advance. Uh, she was, uh, <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I, I don't know why. I, I Every time I saw Advance, I was like, man. like Of course, that's just a port, right? It's a port of MK4, and it's shitty. Is it a port of MK4? Well, wait. So what's, she, what's her involvement in that? Because Sindel's not in 4. She was Tanya. She was Tanya? Okay. Oh, no, yeah. I did know that. Yeah, she was a model for Tanya. And as I said before, in mythology, she was Serena. Right. Let's see. Jax is actor. John Parrish. Uh, he was basically Jax in every iteration up until four. Yeah. 
He is Jax as far as I'm concerned. He is Jax. He's the only yeah, person that looks like Jax, Jax to me. Like, I haven't gotten it right ever since. You need the flat top or the yep. mustache. Got, yeah. got to have the, the little uh, shit stash and the, the fucking U.S. motherfucking military crew cut. <laughs> and you gotta, and, like, and you got to have those pecs, man. Ain't nobody had a chest like that unless you're a wrestler. It's funny about, I, I don't want to cut in on you, you see, but John Parrish, uh, in looking at interviews of him, he said in MK2, he's like, I was a, I was kind of light then. He's like, that that was kind of in my off season. Because when he... No way. I mean, he, he looks buff in MK2, but he doesn't look like a monster like, you know, Jax is usually depicted as now. Uh, but it was MK3 where he said he was in his buff stage then. And his metal arms, they actually, that wasn't all post. They actually did paint silver on his arms. Oh, they painted it. Yeah. yeah. And I remember an interview where he said his arms had gotten so big that they brought out the little paint sticks and all that. And he was looking at that and he's like, are you sure, guys, that you got enough paint? <laughs> <laughs> my arms have gotten so big. That yeah, that's pretty wonderful, actually. That's that's, he must have it must have taken the longest for to get his costume done because of the paint. Though, I don't know. All she got to do is paint some paint. arms. I don't know. No, but they had to. If you look at the footage, it's not just painted gray. They had to paint the highlights and the shadows. That's right. The little the black stripes for all the little connecting. Yeah, they had to do all of that. I don't know if that, hmm. Boy, that would have taken a while. Yeah, and then he had to do touch-ups, especially if he starts getting sweaty. Come on. Yeah, that's true. And all runs. Take a while. That's a good point. Like everybody else had like face paint and stuff, but he had to like do both of his arms and part of his back. Yeah, you're right. It's like between him and Shiva, who was like well, Shiva was just a stop motion model. I'm saying, but that but that took a while. You know, that took a while. And (laughs) Mataro. Yeah. It's funny thing about Jax too. Um, You know, it was originally just going to be one metal arm, right? Yeah, and but they said, well, what happens when he turns around? Because it's a two D sprite, and you know, with Kano's masks, it, it's no big deal. But with Jax's arm, it's a little more noticeable. So they said, like, fuck it, let's give him two two arms. Yeah, I mean, it's it's iconic now. It is. That is I mean, that that, that, that that's just Jax Jax's defining trait, other than being a patriot, is having. Uh, I'd say more than that. Yeah, it's having confidence issues. Yeah. It's, it's basically yeah, it's having confidence issues, but of course it all makes up because you have metal arms. Yeah, and, you know, no, no, what? Yeah. These things. I are wish I had these the in high school. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing too about Jax's characterization is I've always disliked. Is that ever since John Parrish, it's like they've always characterized Jax as giant, muscly, but also like you know, clean shaven, bald on top, and with like a goatee instead of a little stash. And, it, you know, the, oh, yeah. and they, they, they kind of never got the look of Jax right. Like, even in MK11, they kind of, like, he's kind of Danny Glover now, you know, because he's like, I'm too old for this shit. But it's like, I've always kind of, like, been displeased with the way Jax has been depicted since MK3 because it feels like more, like, stereotypical, like, big, black, muscly guy. And looking now... I mean, that's what it was in... I mean, it kind of was, but he 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 had that was he felt more unique. Like you know, he, he's got the the crew cut. Maybe that was just '90s, you know. No, over. that was the '90s. But it's so funny because looking like at John Parrish now, that literally is what he is. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> oh, yeah. like the Rock, who evolved like a Pokemon, John Parrish blew up. This dude is a mountain, and yes, he shaved his head mm. now. <laughs> I mean. Once your hair starts to go, man. I mean, yeah, that's know. that's the thing to do. Every every badass yeah. Hollywood star now shaves his head. Yeah. Going down the list, uh, Michael O'Brien played Stryker. Couldn't I find I don't even know else. that motherfucker's name. Okay, Michael O'Brien. Yeah. I don't think he Didn't was in know. 
I don't think he was in any other games other than this one. Nope. I haven't heard his That's name. That's the, the, the only Mortal Kombat game he was in. Because the next time Striker appeared was in Armageddon, and that was just a CG model by that point. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Sal Devita? Or Devita? Yep, Devita? Sal Devita. Sal Who Devita. I mentioned in our played, Mysteries episode. Yeah, he played Cyrax, Sector, Smoke, and Nightwolf. Mm-hmm. He's a video game. Uh, he's a voice actor, video game designer, and martial artist. Uh, he played those characters in MK3 Ultimate and Trilogy. Obviously, uh, apparently, he also is Raiden in the Versus Screen and Trilogy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because they needed and to get a new he, art for Raiden. Because yeah, yeah. And he is also in MK Mythologies. He is Scorpion in the cutscenes. And he is in MK4 doing motion capture, but it doesn't specify which characters. Interesting. Uh, but as a game designer, he also worked on like the NFL Blitz games. He worked on WWF uh, WrestleMania 95. He worked on WWE All-Stars 2011 and a bunch of other games. Huh. So he's all over the place. He does voice acting, game design, all that stuff. Man. Interesting. That's got to be a great life when you can just say, like, not only did I work on the games, I starred in the games, I'm a martial artist, and I actually have video game credit on top of that. That's pretty dang cool, actually. Yeah, yeah it's awesome, dude. Uh, going on to my boy, Kung Lao. Mm-hmm. Still uh, from MK2, right? Tony Marquez, yeah. He was uh, Kung Lao in, yeah, MK2 up until Trilogy and Advance. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh every time I say Mortal Kombat Advance. Because uh, you just look at it and be like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. He, so he was also in MK Mythologies. He was the Wind God slash Monk 2, which I guess is Fujin. Oh, huh, I guess so. And in that uh, MK Federation of Martial Arts uh, oh, <laughs> video Christ. series. I did not he was know also that. Fujin in that. Small aside, I did not know that existed until Neil and Corey did their episode on it. And I'm like, what's this? Me neither, actually. A Mortal Kombat no property idea. that I did not know existed? What is this? Yeah. I'm still not clear what it is and how I can watch it. It's like an interactive It's thing. all on YouTube. I, I don't know, dude. That looks like, wow. That happened. We'll have to, yeah. like, we'll have to set aside some time to make some time to watch that because that yeah. sounds interesting. <laughs> no need to do an episode. I mean, they're all on like it, but... two minutes, like two three minutes each, so it's not long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he played Fujin in that, okay. and he also did motion capture in MK4. Uh, like we said, he was a stunt double for Leonardo in TMNT2. He was also a guard in TMNT3. Hmm. Um, and he's like a very accomplished martial artist. Like he's won awards. He's won competitions. Uh, he was a national Chinese wushu forms champion in 1996. Nice. Uh, he currently teaches wushu, sanshu, sanshu, and Miss martial arts uh, in Chicago. Okay. Like, Once again, how cool would that be to from, be trained by Kung Lao? Man, that right? Nice. The real, the the original Kung Lao, the great Kung Lao, <laughs> as it were. Right. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, like, what, like, one actually small aside, and this is something I was super interested in knowing about because it brought up some nostalgic things, but just small aside here, you've seen, since you mentioned Chicago, Mortal Kombat 3 is the first Mortal Kombat ever to actually uh, feature a very limited online play experience mm-hmm. for that time back in the day. However, when I say limited, I really mean limited. It was only available in two cities. One is Chicago, the other is San Francisco, which I believe was oh. mid- specifically which I, arcades. Which at the time was like Midway headquarters or something. It, like that. it, was, it was two like- separate arcades that were specific testing grounds for Midway. 
Yep. And, right. and they, this couldn't be implemented because as WaveNet, it was, it was called, and enabled online play is way too fucking expensive, dude, for like yeah, normal arcade people to do. So it was only yeah. in their testing arcades, yeah, in their home home headquarters in Chicago and San Francisco. But what made me happy is that is the connection that they use because this used to be like the buzzword back in the day for high speed internet. They used the T one connection oh to actually link these things together. <laughs> and when was the last time you heard the T one connection? I remember that from like the early two thousand as like the Dude, granddaddy I mean, gold standard of internet. You know, when broadband. I when I was in uh, college in the mid two thousands, it was T three was the biggest one, was the yeah. most powerful one at that time. So yeah, T1, man. Yeah, they used the T1 connection to do it, but like Josh said, it was so ungodly expensive to even do that. Really, there's no way you could actually do it. The only machines that were capable of it were in Chicago and in San Francisco, and that was it. So if you didn't live in any one of those two cities and you didn't know where to go, you know, you likely never played this version. Who wants to do that you. anyway? You just want to go to an arcade to, to pick out some Weasley guy and be like, hey, I'll beat your ass. And put him in quarters <laughs> and beat him as Shiva with a stomp. <laughs> But I like the idea that we have this like random East versus West thing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go online in Chicago and beat up this dude that's obviously in San Francisco. It's going to be great. <laughs> you know, I, I want to see like Chicago's not well, it's Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> that's Midwest. Well, I mean, that's about as close that like East East versus West we're going to get. It's not like it was in New York City or anything. Mm. So like, should have. But hey, back back in '95, I didn't know what the fuck online play was. <laughs> Oh god, don't I never got into online did. play until literally, well, maybe this this fucking century. So I still think I still <laughs> like I was still shocked to learn that that Mortal Kombat even had online play as early as three, even if it was limited capacity, yeah. back that far back. Like, dude, I was still on AOL dial up. Like, I still heard the dang same, like the same, like yeah. freaking you've got mail on that ear ear, you know, fifty six K modem sound. Like that's what Once I was again, used to. And held like, up my parents' dial up. Play. I held up my parents' dial up for three hours buffering the trailer for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. LOL. No regrets. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but that's just like one of those interesting uh, facts I would have never freaking known unless I actually read about it. That like when you think like, hey, yeah. what's the earliest Mortal Kombat online experience you ever had? And most people would probably actually say Mortal Kombat 9. Some would probably say the P- some of the PS2 era games. But the fact that there are people out there that will, that can legit say, hey, the first online experience I had was Mortal Kombat 3 in Chicago or SF. And I'm just like, whoa. It's like, like Jim Carrey game. said in The Cable Guy, and you could play Mortal Kombat with your friend in Vietnam, which <laughs> it just so happens somebody posted a thing on the Mortal Kombat Reddit months back saying they were playing Mortal Kombat probably 9 or 11 with their friend who happened to be in Vietnam, and it recalled that line from that old movie. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so there's a few more characters. Oh yeah, yeah, we kind of we derailed here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was yeah. just my solace, no. small aside, but. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Brian Glynn mm-hmm. played Shao Kahn. Yep, yep. Played Shao Kahn in two and all the three games. It should be noted, just the appearance, not the voice. We all know who the voice was, right? Yeah, he he's the he's the the character model that that they digitized. Yeah. digitized. Um, apparently, he is one of the shorter actors in the MK. <laughs> they, like, they blew up his sprite. Shorter than a, he's shorter than a majority of the actors. So they've definitely like, you know, did, you know, they hit the transform button. And yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, did they have to like Tom Cruise him where he had to stand on a box or something like that each <laughs> no, time? No, they just, they just like digitally made him bigger yeah. in okay. the game. Um, 
But he is built, dude. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of him recently. He is definitely has that rock energy where he's like just he just keeps evolving, jacked out, and like has like veins everywhere. It's just like he is built still. Damn. Um, he was also in MK Mythologies. He was the god of water. Oh, and apparently one of the monks. I did not know that. And he he was in he worked on MK Four, but I don't know what capacity mm. he worked on. So that's why this is what this was interesting. Like a lot of these char- a lot of these actors, you know. Helped with you know MK4 and Deadly Alliance and stuff like that as well. Liu Kang's actor Eddie Wong, he worked on all the MK3 games, and I think that's pretty much the only MK games he's on. Oh, okay. He didn't really, he didn't work on anything else after what, that. What, is this but, his cred? Does he have like movie credits or, or what's his deal? Yeah, I was about to say he is. He worked on stunts in a couple of movies. One that is close to Jay's heart, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yay! Uh, he also was. On uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, and he was also did stunts in the Italian Job. Uh, the 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 new one, right? The remake, I guess. The 2003 yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Huh. You know, um, I find that funny that and, that Mortal Kombat the game was a you know basically almost like borrowed from Big Trouble Little China, and then it turns out that the character that he recast as Kang worked on Big Trouble Little China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All comes full um, circle. Now, now, if only I can find a Mortal Kombat link to Killer Clowns from Outer Space, my life will be complete. Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Funny you say that, Jay. Oh, God. What? Oh, really? Are you about to surprise me? No, I'm just joking. Oh, I was oh. about to say Chiyota <laughs> Brothers are involved in MK3 somehow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, the last person I have on the list is Becky Gable, who played Melina, Kitana, and Jade. She, and also, she's new, right? MC, she's not the the. She's new. Yeah, I think she's the only, she's probably one of the only new actors that I could find in MK Ultimate MK3. She also played in the Mortal Kombat trilogy on the N64. She was Chameleon. Well, once again, that's a palette swap. But, but palette swap, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she is a martial artist slash model, and she now is like a CEO of like a model company. No shit. Go her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's called uh, Envy Models. She's a CEO. Huh. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. She, that's also pretty much her only game in the MK franchise. Hmm. Which, was, which, uh, which, like, a, which I guess, like, funny thing, because we're talking about actors. Like, of course, like, by this time, uh, you know, famous, like, classic uh, um, Mortal Kombat actors like Dan Piscina. Well, of course, not in Mortal Kombat 3 because they were too busy suing them for right. you know, reasons that we've discussed in previous episodes. But because they were suing them, one fun thing that I remembered when I was doing research on this, that if you do the fatality for Liu Kang in Mortal right. Kombat 3... Right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you found this because this is something I found out too and I know what you're going to yeah, say, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I didn't know this, but if you do the fatality with Liu Kang where he drops the Mortal Kombat arcade machine, you'll notice it's an MK1 machine. And in the MK1 machine... Dan Piscina's Johnny Cage is actually on the side cover of that machine, but because he was in a copyright war with Midway at the time, they actually had to digitally remove him from the MK1 machine for the purposes of that specific fatality. So when you do it, you'll see the MK1 machine, but only the dragon is there. Yep. Johnny Cage is not on the side. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yeah, wow. They yeah. really made sure to make sure he's not in there. <laughs> yep. They really... They, they took... A lot of liberties to make sure that any Dan Piscina anything was constantly erased. And as we 
And as I found out with Mortal Kombat Trilogy, that goes to a level where it just makes me just I can't play I can't play Trilogy. I can't do it. Like it's um, just, yeah, it's because as we discover, he doesn't have the nut punch in Trilogy. It's yeah, not because it's not Dan Pacino. They got a new actor for Trilogy, which is amazing that they went to the trouble to film and record a brand new actor for this fucking you know home port game. But it was like the only one that they made a new right. Like they had to do new footage. And the right? reason they didn't do the nut punch is because if they did the nut punch, they would have to. They don't have reaction animations of all the fucking 60 characters or whatever of getting yep. hit in the nuts. Oh. So they would have had to done that, and they can't because the, they, you know, they'd have to bring in actors and with new costumes, and it wouldn't work. So he just doesn't have a nut punch. Yeah, um, and it makes me just be like, nope, this is an evil clone. This is not Johnny Cage. This is an imposter. It is so. funny to note with MK Trilogy, and we might be jumping ahead talking about that game, but, you know, in the PlayStation version of that game, you could play as legacy characters. Basically, you could play as MK1 Kano and MK1 and 2 Raiden. Uh, interestingly yeah. enough, though, you couldn't play as MK2 Katana or Melina or MK2 or 1 Sub-Zero Scorpion, and that's because those particular versions of those characters were played by actors who were no longer associated with Midway because they tried to fucking sue them. Yep. So you could only... Pl- yeah, but they, could, could, they couldn't like just get those costumes and put it on different actors? They could have, but I guess that would have been a lot of effort. When <laughs> this is the home port yeah, game. Yeah, true. I mean, they... Uh, just, to, just to point out, uh, the actor who replaced Danny Pacina is Chris Alexander. Right, right. Has he done anything notable? or What's his deal? I'd have to look, look him up real quick. Keep talking. <laughs> oh, just yes. Yeah, so it's like you can only play as Legacy Kano or Raiden, who are, you know two actors who are still cool with everybody. Uh, but yeah, uh, God, I, I wish I had the actress who played the female ninjas for MK2. I did way back in our MK2 notes. Uh, it's not Rebecca Gable, obviously, but eh. I think my favorite thing about Trilogy, though, when I read up on it, is that I love how like Trilogy. Not to sound like not to down this game for people that like it, but Trilogy really is like the shit sandwich combination of all the three MK3 games. Oh, it's a total shit sandwich. Um, Oh, it it is an absolute shit sandwich because I remember reading about it and like, I think the most insulting thing ever that I didn't know before. And this is how I know that like, I don't think I've ever played Trilogy period. And I think I would know why if I did, but because they didn't, they couldn't reanimate so many of these older things just because some of these people were suing Midway at the time. Like, for example, Sub-Zero's Fatality, his basic one, his first one, the one where he rips mm-hmm. out your spine, they actually had to censor that whole well, thing. So that, when you do that's the fatality, an ultimate, dude. I think that's even an ultimate. And the reason they didn't do that is because they didn't have an animation for people to get their spine ripped out. So they just yeah. censored it. And as yeah. a kid, to me, that was effective because i'm like oh man this is the infamous fatality that is so graphic we can't even put it in the current game yeah but i but at the same time it's like it shows the i guess you could say like the sort of reusability of it it really is like they're reusing stuff as much as possible but they don't want to take the time to reanimate things because obviously they can i can kind of get that but i just i hate the fact that like why would you even have it in the game period if you're just going to black out the screen like um basically i kind of feel like they're trying to copy like um akuma's um uh, demon step that he does because the screen goes dark too but that was part of the feature of akuma's um uh i guess you could say like super move and street fighter but in mortal Kombat, it just feels like a lazy gimmick it doesn't yeah, feel like anything I interesting it i would just felt rather than just do a, to a, a me fatality. a little bit as a kid but at the same time i felt cheated i'm like i want to see the spine rip fatality in all its glory and in four we did ironically from scorpion because that was one <laughs> 
his fatalities in four. But it's like it's not so much the fault of the actors too, because like they put in Baraka's spin move and all that, and you know, uh Rich Divizio, who is Baraka, is still around, but they aren't gonna about to bring him back in and put the same costume on him and the same Halloween mask and film new moves because it would look different. So it's like for the characters that need to run that don't have run animations, they just make them move fast. Yeah, <laughs> like and walk also, fast. Like, and also one thing with trilogy. Like, already, Mortal Kombat 3 and Ultimate are, like, super aggressive. There's chain combos. There's a run button. There basically is no block. If you're blocking, you're losing. But in, in, in Trilogy, they take it that extra level. You have an aggressive, like, an aggressor meter in that game. So, like, the more you actually hit your opponent, the more that meter fills up. And if it fills up all the way, you actually hit harder. So, like, now your hits do, like, extra damage. And I'm just sitting here like, good God, basically this game comes down to who can land the first hit and go into a combo. It really is like Marvel versus Capcom 2. Who's going to hit that light punch? The big thing that it's made, just going to go into this thing. The big thing that made Trilogy, like, unsatisfying was, one, there's so many gameplay differences. And it should be noted, there were gameplay differences between Base 3 and Ultimate 3. Uh, for example, Jay, uh, Striker... Uh, He's got his Uzi. He doesn't use it in base three. It's only an ultimate. That was a new yeah, thing. Yeah, it is added. only an ultimate. Uh, cause I remember that was in the attract mode where you see him shooting it and blood spraying every, oh my god, he's got a new move. But in trilogy, some of the moves work differently and like the timing's different. And, uh, even like Raiden, MK1 Raiden is given this cool new move where he shoots an electric bolt off the side of the screen and it comes around the other end and gets you. But the gameplay was just, oh, janky. Apparently, Trilogy is actually used in tournament play uh, in certain countries. It's almost preferred. So I guess wow, there's some I people mean, that are a fan of it. But, what? yeah, I think really? like at Brazil and a couple other okay. Latin countries that uh, out of the MK3 iterations, Trilogy is actually preferred for tournament play. But Trilogy was just so janky because you got the PlayStation version, which, you know, was the true realization of what MK Trilogy was going to be. It's going to be the party game where you have all the backgrounds and all the old characters. But the problem was you bring in these old characters uh, with new updated movesets and apparently Kung Lao MK2 iteration was the, you know, oh god, this character is broken because like he apparently is like you could wreck shit with MK2 Kung Lao. uh, Because I could go in the technicalities of it, but I'm not yeah, uh, they gave him a I mean, Superman move for some reason. Raiden's Superman move, Kung Lao MK2 oh, version. Really? Hey, yeah, I don't know why, but he's got it, and he's got some other crazy moves. Wow. MK3 Kung Lao can also wow. do his hat spin and move in place too. Uh, like he can like hover around. Oh. So it's like Kung Lao is broken in MK2, and like Kano MK1 Kano was given an extra cannonball move where he flies around the screen at random. Which is not great strategically, but it's great to throw your opponent off. And there's just like a lot of unevenness in the game. Uh, on the other side, the N64 one, which I should mention, I think I've mentioned before, is the first game I ever bought for the Nintendo 64. Not Mario. I fucking wanted Mortal Kombat. And I think I mentioned that <laughs> in the like, other episode. And you're like a Mario dude. I. I'm not a. I am and I ain't. I like. It's like I'm. Well, you're not. No, you're more of a Zelda dude. I'm a Zelda dude, but it's like if you were talking Mario versus Sonic, I'm a Mario dude. But it's like I'm not a big platformer gamer. But you know, right. you got to have Mario, and Mario is a big you know groundbreaking thing thing for the N64. And I didn't buy the package thing. You know, I got it for Christmas, I think. But it's like the first game I wanted. 
Mortal Kombat Trilogy. At least you actually had dude, like the N64 to look forward to. That was like a very confusing time in my video game life because I was a Genesis kid. So after that, we had the Genesis 32X, which was just an add-on to the Genesis. You know, at that wow. point, there were so many add-ons to the Genesis. It's like you were basically forming a transformer. <laughs> and, and then, Pretty and then, much, yeah. Yeah, and then afterwards, it's like, oh, now we have the Sega Saturn. So while you guys are enjoying your GoldenEye and your Mortal Kombat and your Conqueror's Bad Fur, uh, Fur Day on the N64, I'm like... Like, oh, I have this Transformer Genesis that's old as crap, or I have the Sega Saturn with, like, five games on it, where the only good one was really nice. I figured most Genesis kids probably transferred over to Sony PlayStation, am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not I wrong, didn't. but oh. I was definitely late to that party. Wait, you didn't so have a PlayStation? I was, I was going through the travi- like the travesty forest, as I like to call it, of Sega, like, of Sega consoles. I, you didn't have a PlayStation, Mike, you Mike, I did eventually. I went from Sega to N64... To PlayStation, then PlayStation Two. What a okay, hmm, interesting. Because like, uh, I mean, the thing was like, I think I mentioned it before, is that the games on the PlayStation felt too, quote unquote, grown up. Like mm. everything was like dark and like gritty. Yeah. And, like it, it felt like it felt like it didn't feel fun to me. So when I like, when I went to friends' houses, they had an N sixty four with they had N sixty four where they played you know Mario Kart and. Uh, Smash Brothers and wrestling and all those games are like, I want to play those games. So I got the N64 so I could get like my first game with it. I think it, I think it was a pack that came with it was uh, WCW versus NWO World Tour. <laughs> I remember that, that was that was the game that I wanted to get for the N64. And then you know every other game I've gotten since in that uh, that we bought was a knockoff. <laughs> I bought every knockoff game. And like Superman 64, um, <laughs> infamous story. Superman 64, Perfect Dark, oh, Fighter's Destiny 2. Don't knock Perfect Dark, uh, that's a great game. Right, but I got it. we got it because we couldn't get Goldeneye for whatever reason. <laughs> well, some people say it's better than Goldeneye, so I don't know. It definitely has more variety. This is not a Perfect Dark game, <laughs> but that was a fun game. But I also played that game... Uh, handicapped the whole time because I didn't have an expansion pack, so I never played the actual story. Oh, you couldn't play the story without the expansion pack? You had to have the expansion pack to play the story. You could only play multiplayer. Oh, lame. See, I bought the expansion so, pack right when it came out because I think you needed that to play Resident Evil 2, so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get the expansion uh, pack. Okay. You're right, this is... That was the first and only game that I had that needed this it. This is an N64 podcast, but I will say I was su- supremely disappointed when I got Mortal Kombat Trilogy for the N64 because... It didn't have the late, like I was, Trilogy, it's debatable whether to call it a, a, another iteration of Mortal Kombat 3 or a party game, which is how I saw it. It's like, this is the Mortal Kombat where everybody's in it. Every fucking fighter. Everything. But yeah. the Mortal Kombat Trilogy N64 version did not have the legacy characters. I couldn't play as Kano MK1 or Raiden MK1. And mm-hmm. they merged maskless, they merged Kwai Lang and Bihan into one character. Um, they did away with maskless Sub Zero and just had the classic Sub Zero, and a little, which I think is better. I mean, as if I never liked if you're Sub Zero, I, I never liked the Quilang version. I liked it because it was like, you know, if we're gonna go back to how shocking a new MK3 was, it was cool to be like, oh my god, he doesn't have his mask. Why not? He's betrayed the clan. I was just, it was neat to see. I always thought, I always thought he was lamer in that. No offense to John Turk, but I just always thought. Well, I guess it's not really a 
insult because he's also the the masked ninja version. Apparently, yeah. So you just prefer your Sub Zero like, as a ninja and not a dude in suspenders, I guess. I guess, but his fighting style as the maskless version always felt stiff to me. Whereas when you played, because I, for me, I played Ultimate Mortal Kombat three on the Sega Genesis. That's the one that I had. Uh, I never played MK3 until much later when it got like ported or whatever. Mm. I barely played that one. I played Ultimate mostly. So I had both versions and I always chose the masked one because I felt like his fighting style felt more like Sub-Zero. Well, I think than. because he was a secret character too, he was a little quicker, a little like like more fluid to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though he didn't have like the rain, the ice shower thing, which I thought was a pretty cool move. Yeah. The ice shower is pretty like- damn cool. I do like that. Movie yeah, lot, I, actually, I liked his version of. I liked the masked version. Like I liked his. He got the uh, the ice style. slip move, which Kwai Lang doesn't yeah. have, but he does, and that's borrowed from MK2, which incidentally is. Quite but he doesn't have the clone. He doesn't have the clone. Right. That's maskless Sub Zero, which I also thought was he had like this thing. The maskless version of Sub Zero had cool moves. I just aesthetically didn't like how he looked or how he played. Like I like that they're both stand apart from each other, and Ultimate MK is like. Maskless Sub-Zero gets the clone and the rain shower. Uh, Classic Sub-Zero gets, you know, the the fucking ground freeze. And yeah, Trilogy just merged them. So if you're a Sub-Zero fan, it's a perfect Sub-Zero. He's got all the moves. Ah, okay. He's got, he's yeah, got the clone and the shower and the slip and everything. Yeah. And I, I for me, I, I've, I think I've played Alt, uh, Trilogy one time at a friend's house. I couldn't tell you what version it was. I don't think it was the NC4 version. It may have been either the PlayStation or Sega Saturn version. Mm. I don't remember which one it was. But I only played that once. That was it. Yeah. I, I had since sold my version of MK Trilogy, and I, I kind of want it back, but I know it's not a good game. I don't think there's a way to get Trilogy online without outside of emulation, right? Probably not, yeah. I mean, I mean like no, I, could, I, know, I could go I'm... out today and buy it. I know a game shop that has it. You could probably buy it. Yeah, I have an SD4, so I could Same. get an SD4 version of it. I think you seem like you. I think you have like probably the best version of all three MK games at this point because you have the uh, like the Steam version of all the three Mortal Kombat games in one package that I, you said is not available anymore, and I know it's not available on Xbox Live anymore. At least not as of now, it's not. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could have gotten it on the PS3. I think, and the Xbox 360. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I bought it. I think it came out around the time of uh, MK11, MK9. Sorry. And yeah, I got that. And yeah, you can't buy it anymore. So I'm, I'm very lucky that I have it on Steam. So yeah, I played Ultimate MK3 on that. I played MK3 on the GOG version, uh, which Josh watched and coached me on <laughs> so that I could beat uh, Shao Kahn. Uh, which was annoying because I wanted to beat him with Kung Lao. Like always. I want to beat the game with Kung Lao. I got to, I got to Shang Tsung, oh no, Shang Tsung. Shao Kahn with Kung Lao. Could not do it. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to go with, uh, Sub Zero. And after a few try, after several tries, actually, I was able to actually beat him with Sub-Zero. You almost weren't going to. You were like, you know, I gotta go, so I'm only gonna do a couple more tries, and I'm like, I'm not gonna force you to, to stay up until you beat it, but then you managed the, the next round, you got it. You got the you got the timing down. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, that's um, how you beat Shao Kahn, is do, like, you know, a, a, a freeze move or a net move. Kung Lao doesn't have anything comparable, so it's like, 
Sub Zero. He doesn't, but I was getting, I was, I was playing it a bit more last night, and actually, it got like, I got one round on him. Mm. I got one round on mm. him on Shao Kahn with Kung Lao, and the way that it, the way that I was figuring out is that <clears throat> you basically have to like kind of guess what he's gonna do. Uh, as soon as the round starts, most likely he's gonna do either the fire beam, fireball thing, or uh, one of the charges. Ooh. Uh, one of the charges. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he does the rising charge thing, you can uppercut. You can uppercut him. Otherwise, you you duck under the fireball and then throw your hat. Usually, he he fires it again, and so then you get hit. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of like sort of you kind of guessing, but you get the timing right. Where like depending on the distance, he's gonna do like a charge. Um, and yeah, it was just a combination of just like luck and reflexes and i got the first one and then he was so cheap after that like it like he went to like another level where he just started doing like charge 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 hammer charge charge hammer it's like oh god yeah <laughs> terrible and we're playing the gog um, version which is in my opinion out of the versions you could play the easiest uh it is oh sorry the the one that i played last night was ultimate oh this is your experience here is ultimate okay never mind yeah on the steam um, on, on Steam, on Steam yeah, yeah okay. on Steam, yeah, yeah. At least you, I tried to play. Huh? Uh, I was about to say, at least you actually got to Shao Kahn again. I made it to Montaro on the SNES mini version of Mortal Kombat Three, and then Horsey said, "Screw you," and I got like back kicked. <laughs> yeah, out. he's hard. I said, that "Do the do the do the thing that well, always saying. be always kicking." But kicking. I tried it too. Like like MK3 uh, GOG version was a breeze until I got to the bosses, and then I just figured out the cheap strategy, and then I got it easy. Uh, I did try to play the Super Nintendo version, and yes, I got the horsey, and I tried my ABK, always be kicking. Um, it's a little harder because of the sizes of the sprites, the timing. A little, uh, yeah, no, I couldn't beat horsey. He's hard. I, uh, I did. See, I will say, I tried to play my Sega versions. Um, couldn't get the controllers to work for whatever reason. Right. Uh, so it never got past the. Uh, character select screen for me. <laughs> it was really weird. Like it was, and yeah, it was one of those things where like it wouldn't let you press down on the controller. But then when you pick the character, you could press down. But then you couldn't do any of the moves. It was so weird. weird. Also, I have like, to figure out how to fix that. Also, one thing I learned when I actually got to Horsey, the first thing I did with Striker was his like baton throw, where he just launches himself. Why at would you, you try that then... at a centaur? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I tried that first thing on centaur, and of course, it didn't work at all. That, yeah. that did not work. Pro tip: and I uh, got, special like, moves don't work on Mataro at all because Yasin watched me throw a Cyrax net at Mataro. It, or, yeah. He did it, and it bounces right back at you and catches you. <laughs> Yep. It's like yep. in MK1, you could spear Goro. Yeah, you can't do you can't do that in three. Mataro's too big. Yeah, he it's is. Both those characters are cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm just sitting here like, oh yeah, he's a giant horsey. Of course, my my moves don't work on him because they didn't animate them to work on him. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the narrative game says no to me. <laughs> so. Like, and, yeah. and that's why the only thing I could do is like I can throw a grenade at him and. As he just jumps over those and then just like throws a red laser ball of doom at me and I just get killed. <laughs> Once again, so. bad bad strategy. When you're fighting the bosses, except when you're fighting Mataro, Shao Kahn, you need a special move. But Mataro, don't bother fucking with a just special move. Just, yeah, always be kicking. Just do do basic attacks. 
Like you can also beat Mataro by by jumping around him and rushing him and comboing him. Yeah, but yeah, if you're, yeah, 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 you if you're not good with yeah. your combo game, if you fuck up, he's gonna pick you up and throw you. So uh, that's like you know, don't fuck around with special moves. Shao Kahn having a a good special move that will stall him is almost essential, and it's not fun. Um, you know, playing playing these games one player is not fun because you you can't be competitive. You just have to be cheap. You just have yeah, to sit back and be like, like, I'm like going to hit with one and two. Yeah, that's back, a back, B over and practice, over. Though. Yeah, Josh, that's a pretty standard thing across all like 2D Mortal Kombat games. Oh well, like, yeah, it's tradition. You, you have to be cheap. Like always be kicking, always be uppercutting. Like uppercuts and kicks. Don't always be uppercutting because if you're fighting a high level AI, it's going to dodge your uppercut and then uppercut you. Don't be sweeping all day either. I remember an MK2. You get like you get three. Like it will let you get away with three sweeps. After that, it's going to block you every single time. And don't even think about uh, uh, actually trying to combo on a high level AI because it's going to throw you. Yeah, they're going to throw you. Yeah. I guess the since we're talking about it, like what what are our thoughts on the game as far as like gameplay goes compared to like two. Well, I think the obvious one is hyper aggression, chain combo everything, rush down strategy. Don't dare block unless you absolutely have to, and if you and if you are blocking, you're losing. Yeah. No, but like, which one do you prefer? Like, I was getting ready to say, you like, prefer- you know, I think out of the three I played, as far as one player versus computer goes, Mortal Kombat One is still the one I enjoy the most because, like, it had a natural progression of the AI. And even when it got yeah. challenging, there was still a little bit of a chess match type of thing that I talked about where, you know, you break through their armor and it was really rewarding once you did it. MK2 was impossibly yeah. hard with its AI and it ruined the game for me. Three, at least as far as the, the base three version goes, it was almost too easy. Like I blew through that game really fast until I try the home versions and it's impossibly hard on a, person-to-person basis though like just being more fast and furious i almost say i prefer it because i mean that's what mk games are now they're so fast that if you're not a millennial you're going to be looking there being like i i don't know what's going on like when i play smash (laughs) i don't know what the fuck's going on (laughs) <laughs> if I like, if I had to, if I had to pick one, I like universe. So I guess it's kind of funny. If I want to have like button mashing fun and I want to drink beers while doing it, then I'm gonna play MK3 because I'm just having a goofy old time. But if I'm really thinking like, okay, I want to learn fundamentals. I actually want these hits to connect and actually have the room to look at like an ex- like an actual two piece combo or a three piece combo i'm going to pick mortal kombat 2 every single time just cuz like it's 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 the most balanced game things flow correctly the speed is pretty mid tier um there's not really too much like you could do some crazy things in mortal kombat 2 but not nearly to the level that you can do with mortal kombat 3 like combos in mortal kombat 3 you can button mash them, you know, for the most part. Like you can do like advanced stuff if you truly know what you're doing. But if you know what you're doing, you can take you can take half of someone's life bar in one combo, and that and that means matches are going to go so quick they're over by the time you take your next breath with how fast they are. Mortal Kombat 2, there is more of like a dynamic of a back and forth because you can do combos, but you'll never get 
above like three hits for the most part. And usually they're, they're very strictly timed. You can do them, but your timing has got to be pretty damn advanced to actually land those things. And it's still mostly like a back and forth. You do a move, I do a move, and we see like which one hits and which one doesn't. And I punish you based on the result of that. While it's like MK3, it's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to do a move and then I'm going to go into this like string combo that you're going to block. And then while you're blocking it, I can throw you out of it, like AKA a tick throw, or I can sweep you out of it because you're holding block on high, you know, for the most part. So I kind of feel like that that level of aggression is kind of fun, but it's fun like in like, okay, I'm just going to rage against the machine on my controller. But if I'm actually thinking about what I'm doing and planning my routes a lot more, I feel like MK2 is going to be a much better option um, compared to other Mortal Kombat games if we're talking the 2D era. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like gameplay-wise, I still prefer 2 out of the three out of the three main games. Um, I feel like it's just a lot tighter of a game, uh, even though it doesn't have combos. But it's still like the movement and stuff feels tighter for me. Um, but I also still just have a lot of fun playing MK3. Uh, it's still a lot of fun, and there's a lot more stuff that you could do. And I love the combos. They're simple. Um, you can't do much as far as like you know connecting into other stuff, but it's so freaking satisfying to do a combo in MK3. I don't know. I it, I saw a video is. pointing out like I saw a video pointing out some of the stuff, and I think it's because of the the way the screen shakes when you whenever you connect mm. a hit. Yeah, it makes it feel more more uh, visceral. Yeah, it's it's like a rumble pack. It's like it's telling it's you like, like boom, hey, you're experiencing boom, boom. this. Yeah. I you know you see yeah. I never noticed that. But now I, I now never I remember until I, it. I saw a video pointing it out. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." It's actually but, a lot yeah. of. It's actually uh, very satisfying if you actually just throw a hail mary and you run towards your opponent. They don't stop you, and then you go into their yeah. three piece combo with any character, and then you actually pull it off. It does feel like aggressively good. Plus, you got like a those fun sounds like the yeah yeah you know, you know like wait, that, you know that running sound that that each character makes like it does feel satisfying wait jay you say three-piece combo is that are you just saying that or is it are you talking about like a three-hit combo uh i like even though it's more than three hits like i kind of look at it as kind of the same thing because like for example Liu kang is only going to chain combo one way same thing with kung lao same thing with striker and even though it's like more like a four, sometimes five hit piece. It's usually a pretty simple button combination that each character has to do, you know, to do it if you land it right. And it's almost like the game is very forgiving. Like even if you mash uh, the first two buttons of that combo, it's probably going to get a, like give it to you and do it. Like I remember I had no idea how to do strikers combo, but the game gave it to me like probably more times than not. If I landed the first hit and I just kept mashing buttons, yeah, it just, just mash the button until something happens. I don't know. My, like Kung Lao's is pretty like, because it's like high punch, low punch, high punch, low punch, low kick, low kick, high kick. Yeah, but if you're mashing buttons, all you have to do is like, you don't even press the buttons, just slide your thumb back and forth between the two buttons and it'll give it it's to true. you. It's true. Yeah, it'll just give yeah, it to true. you. I mean, to me, that's how I learned any move in MK. It's like I don't study a guy that's like, I just fucking go at it. And when I figure out how to do yeah. something, it's just muscle memory. And it's like, okay, it's a high punch, and high punch. And, and this is why I'll say that Mortal Kombat 2 kind of wins, because, like, for example, with Johnny Cage, you can do a very simple combo. Jump kick you, and while you're getting hit in the back air, Johnny Cage can do a shadow kick and hit you, too. That's like a simple nice. two-piece combo, but there is no... 
the game gives it to you. You actually have to time it to where you jump kick at the right angle and then you input the command the second Johnny Cage touches the ground and then you can actually do that shadow kick. Like it's it it's a much more strict way of doing it and it does feel earned. Well, it's like in Mortal Kombat 3 the combos are fun, but when you realize that you're matching buttons all the time and you can't do it consistently, then you realize that the game is just giving you this. Like it's sort of like it's sort of like rewarding your button mashing. And usually for most yeah. fighting games it's fun but you can really see the difference in the skill level which is why like mortal kombat 3 has that like random x factor when you're fighting anybody um i get the same thing with tekken like if anybody plays eddie and tekken and you button mash with him you'll likely win if no one knows how to counter him because he just does capoeira like all over you and you can't read him quick enough it's the same thing with like the three all of a sudden like they go into a jump move and they do their kick and then they immediately go into their string of combo. And if you don't remember to hold block through each and every hit, eventually you'll get hit and then they could just be mashing all the arcade buttons with their palm clammy hands and you're going to get, and you're going to take it all. You're going to take every last bit of that combo and you know, they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. Um, and that's clammy. because they, yeah, like, they're going to get bit. super into it and they're going to get sweaty and <laughs> all that stuff. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> I played I played plenty of arcade games where I press like where I touch those buttons and they're wet and I'm like ew ew mm-hmm. <laughs> ew uh, so, man that's some classic arcade um, experience right there. <clears throat> Speaking of arcades, um, which versions of this game did you play on arcade? Did you play three? Did you play Ultimate? I think I played both. Cause I I don't I don't remember playing three in the arcade. Honestly. I have a faint memory of it. Like I primarily played it in the Super Nintendo, but I I know that I've gone into an arcade. In State College, Pennsylvania, and I remember, like, you know, fighting a Shiva and playing just the base MK where I'm like, whoa, all these new characters. But I, you know, my main memory is I definitely played Ultimate because, like, Ultimate is a cool thing where it's like, oh, now this is the party game. Now we got Scorpion and Melina, or, well, Melina is a secret character for some reason. Jade and Aramak, and it's like, I have clear memories of playing that. Uh, in the arcade and every other fucking rec center or laundromat or whatever that has MK Ultimate MK3 because it seems to be everywhere. If yeah. you noticed, <laughs> yeah, I can safely say I only played Mortal Kombat three. I mean, I I may have like vague memories of playing like regular Mortal Kombat three, but to be honest, I, it probably just was Ultimate and I just didn't remember it. Um, because I mean, this is in mostly rural South Carolina. It, Arcade machines were hard to come by anyway, even back then. So I really only had a movie theater in my local town and the mall. And so if they ever had Mortal Kombat, it was either just base Mortal Kombat 2 or it was Ultimate MK3. I can I don't think I ever played Trilogy or just regular MK3 in arcade machines. Well, you wouldn't play Trilogy like in arcade or something. That, that stage, uh, which is conveniently called Jade's, De- Jade's Desert, um, I didn't even know that was Jade's stage, but I just remember it because Cyrax is struggling in the background, which is really funny. Yeah. When you, which is really funny when you play as Cyrax, right? And <laughs> yeah. Cyrax in the background, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, and you know that's um, pulled from Cyrax's base MK3 ending is is he fulfills his programming and he gets lost in the desert. So they just did a shout out to it when they did the ultimate update. It's like, hey, Cyrax, yeah. which is cool. But I, I didn't know that until yeah. yeah. I, I knew that because I guess, like, Cyrax is my main, so he's the first person I beat the game with. I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, the Ultimate MK3 arcade machine, it's so cool that they added these new characters, which are all pellet swaps, but whatever. And it, 
it, as a kid, it felt like, oh my god, this is the ultimate MK Party game. But looking at it now as an adult, it's like, you're telling me all I get now is Scorpion, a Reptile, a Melina, and Jade? And a couple extra characters are also... Didn't, you know, this is the, the, the big update. But also, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the only stages in the arcade release of UMK3 are the new stages. So literally, it's only Jade's Desert the waterfront, Shao Kahn's little throne room thing, and hell. Uh, and all the other MK3 stages that were in the original version, like the bell tower, the streets, the graveyard, aren't there. Unless you do, like, a special code. Like, in the home versions, that's different. But I think in the arcade, you can only play... And in addition to, in the arcade version, the endings, instead of getting, like, you know, your pictures with, like, depicting an ending where you at least get two pictures that show something cool happening. If you beat the game and Ultimate MK, you know, well, you just beat it with fucking uh, Sub-Zero. And you saw, you know, Sub-Zero doing the slide and Cyrax and Sector in the background and everything's in fire. In Ultimate MK3, if you beat the game, the ending text crawl just shows their versus portrait. And a text crawl, and you don't get any cool scenes. Hmm. So it feels to me like the presentation of Ultimate MK3 took a little bit of a, a hit in the nose. And yeah. that's a big thing I like about my games, is I want presentation. And that's why I don't like yeah. the Ultimate MK3 home port, where they took out the, the winning, you know, Jade wins. They, they don't say that, because they didn't have the memory for it. <laughs> presentation is big for me. So it's like ultimate. That's what I'm wondering. I guess because because they're adding more characters, they added so many characters in the supernet. Like I mentioned in the other episode, in the Genesis Shiva is there, but in the Genesis version of Ultimate MK3, or I'm sorry, in the Super Nintendo version of Ultimate MK3, Shiva is not there because they're just like, well, they have classic and maskless Sub Zero. They didn't combine them like they did in Trilogy. They kept them separate characters, but it's like, no, we can't do yeah. Shiva. No Shiva this time. Hmm. So it's like. It's the ultimate MK3 uh, MK game, but there are some presentation issues that, you know, arise. <laughs> right. Uh, and speaking of presentation, like, what do we think about, like, the look of MK3 slash ultimate MK3? Oh, I dig it. I mean, I think... Oh, it... I, I, yeah, I, I, I will definitely say, I think for me, MK3 is probably probably the quintessential look for Mortal Kombat that I'm just so used to. I love the idea that, like, hey, Outworld is invading and some cities are all messed up. There's all this crazy crap happening. It's a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, I definitely feel like MK3 wins on so many levels from its atmosphere and its stages, just because I love the idea that the pit now, you know, actually has spikes, but instead of spikes, they're, like, slowly turning saw blades. Yeah, I, I love the uh, the idea that when you hit someone um, and do a stage fatality on the train scene, there just happens to be a random train that just blows through and just kicks you out. I find that fun. Yeah, funny that I a train's that. going through when it's supposed to be the end of the world and, you know, not like MK9 where it's like an evasion. The story of MK3 is supposed to be like the, 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 the rapture. All the souls are taken and it's only the survivors left. So why is there a train running? I like the idea. Just small, <laughs> small side. That's strange. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea though, Josh. That like, like whoever's driving that train is obviously some sort of outworld character. So I like <laughs> the idea that like maybe like Barack is driving the train. The train. <laughs> yeah, if you freeze, if you freeze frame, you just see Molina. The- <laughs> yeah, that's where and they were doing before they got shooting And they're shooting the bird at you as they drive by. I mean, like that. Much, to, yeah. yeah, that to me is just what I like to think. But 
atmosphere wise, I think my favorite stage in MK3 um, Ultimate is um, uh, I forget the name of the stage, but it's the one where you can see Khan's Tower in the background. You're on like basically on this high rise on top of the city. Yeah, rooftop. I I do love that stage because that kind of like gives you an idea about how things have just gotten like so messed up and you just see like this clear apocalyptic thing and just the, the way the colors work with the green of all the souls Man, coming into the tower. Imagine if, if cool. Mortal Kombat Annihilation could have had that level of art design and instead we just got like a really tiny miniature of a bunch of like cars on the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> yeah, right? It's pretty bad um, when the game looks better than the movie. <laughs> so Yeah. I it's very difficult. Uh, character-wise, I love I love the character designs in MK3 and Ultimate. Like I, I I think the like for for me, as classic as the you know MK2 MK1 ninjas look, I love the design of the ninjas. In I mean, I think I mentioned before like the, the ninjas look so cool. They're so cool, and they've never been represented um, as cool. Every time they try to do that look. For like the new skins. Also, I think I think they even look they look even cooler in John Tobias's art for the game. Yeah, no, that's very true. Like the, like I think that's the best that those costumes look were in those drawings. Um, I like all the upgraded, uh, you know, character designs. Uh, their costumes look a lot look very cool. Um, stage wise, like I don't ha- I have more of an appreciation now of like. Cause like back then, like I said, I never paid attention to the story, so I didn't realize that you know, Earth and uh, uh, our realm and you know, Earth our world were merging. Yeah. I just thought like, oh, there's like a cool, weird-looking like tower thing in the background and stuff like that, but I just never paid attention to it. But I knew that it looked, at least back then, it looked crisper, it looked more modern, but something about it felt. Not dirty, but like I mean, it is dirty because like the whole world is literally crap. dirty. But yeah, yeah, but it just felt gritty in a way that wasn't as appealing to me as like the clean version that was in two. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Like a lot of the stages in two were like they felt crisp and clean, and like they they oh, felt like you mean the wastelands, <laughs> Baraka's homeworld level, like the second. No, <laughs> not that one, <laughs> but like. Yeah, I don't know. Something about those stages felt more more combat to me. Though when I think about sta- when when I think about fatalities and stage fatalities and stuff like that, I always think of Subway and I mm. always think of the um to the bridge something. Con- it's like a level where you're on the bridge, right? There's there's Khan's stage, which is a bridge, and it's the pit three with the the spinning no, subways, no, no. and then there's no like. In the city, there's uh yeah, there is a bridge. There's no stage fatality on it, but that's where the the news. There's no stage fatality. The newspapers are blowing by and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the stages that I always think of when I think of MK3. Yeah, or or, or Ultimate even like is that and the uh. And it is an aesthetic change because these don't feel quintessentially Mortal Kombat. They feel yeah, you know, this is our world and. You know, it's all cool because that's the story. It's the invasion, but it also kind of takes it away from the stereotypicalness of the, you know, the, the mm. Buddhist statues in the background and all that other you yeah, know, paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and I think Mortal Kombat's never looked back from that. It's kept, you know, kind of this new futuristic sort of feel to it. Even Deadly Alliance, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, I have, I definitely have much more appreciated appreciation for the art design in three now 
but back then I felt like I did I just liked the aesthetic of two. Yeah. A lot more. Well, I mean, Mortal Kombat three did shake up a lot of things. You know, the look, the character roster, everyone's like, because it did get a lot of criticism. People are like, "What the fuck? Yeah. This is not my Mortal Kombat." I, as a kid, was mm. all for it because I'm like, "Oh my god, look at Kano! It's it's so new." Oh my god, oh, Cyrex Insectors robot. Yeah, robot ninjas. That's so cool. And, like the first yeah. thing I remember is like seeing an EGM, you know, cover splash that said MK, and instead they didn't have the logo designed yet, so it had a Roman numeral three. I'm like, "Holy shit!" And I saw John Tobias's art for Jax. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's got metal <laughs> arms. Oh! You know, yeah. <laughs> it blew my mind. One, one of my favorite things about at least the story of MK3 is that, like, because of just how, like, how different it is from, say, MK1 and how it advances the story of Mortal Kombat as a whole, is that it kind of makes me think that MK2 is like a side quest a little bit, but it was just there just to get to MK3 because naturally, in mean, MK1, when you win the tournament, it should be over. But Shao Kahn's like, screw the rules. I'm just going to break him anyway. And so he basically does. And all of a sudden, Shao Kahn basically wins somehow, some way. Raiden's like, oh, LOL. I guess you guys got to fight this. GTFO, goodbye. <laughs> and then now it's just like Shao Kahn has taken over the Earth. The Earth is destroyed, except for like a couple of people. And they're going to f- fight one last little combat, you know, just to basically decide the fate of the Earth, whether Shao Kahn gets to keep it or not. But essentially, they all already lost. Everybody's dead. I just like the idea that, like, <laughs> you know, hey, Liu Kang does all this work, wins the tournament, like, basically stops everything. And then Shao Kahn's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to resurrect my wife and take it over anyway. Yeah, this is kind of a, a make-it-up-as-you-go-along story, which is obviously what it was, because, like, MK2, it's like, okay, well, let's do a redo. Second tournament. MK3, oh, psych, I actually had my wife, uh, you know, resurrected a thousand years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, and she was going to be resurrected on Earth, which would, you know, link the worlds, and I didn't even need to do the second tournament. Uh, the, the, the retconning of that is his, his intention was to win Earth over in the second tournament and present the Earth realm as a uh, wedding gift <laughs> to his wife, but that didn't get to happen, so, you know. But luckily, he had that backup plan that, you know, her being born in Earth merges the realms anyway. I like how the game describes it as this unholy act, you know, merges the realms right? anyway. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so if it's an unholy act, why didn't Shao Kahn do this, like, in the first place? You think Shao Kahn He did, but it takes a thousand years to resurrect a wife, you know? I guess so. <laughs> I, I, like, I just, I just think it's funny, because already Shao Kahn has shown that he can... D.H. Shang Tsung to, like, his former youth, resurrect people from the dead, and then also he can just merge the realms and instantly, like, instantaneously collect, like, a billion souls well, on the planet, once and again, all his. Once again, retconning, like, oh, the, the person responsible for uh, resurrecting Sindel was, of course, Quan Chi. Yeah. So, you know, maybe yeah. there's some strings he has there, but of course they didn't think that in MK3, but, you know. Nah. Speaking of which... Um... What are some of the influences that MK3 has had on future games? Well, I feel definitely the speed and the combos. The speed, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like the whole idea about like climbing a tower to get to whatever goal that you're doing has definitely been an influence on later games. I That's can't always been a thing. You've always had a tower. Yeah, it's been since one. Oh, it has? Like, I mean, I, is dude, I mean, every uh, yeah, one-player game so. is climbing a ladder. Unless you're talking yeah. about like the, 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 the different levels, the novice through expert towers 
I can go ahead and tell you that like finishing moves, aka fatalities, but let's just say finishing moves in general, was definitely an influence in other games, because there's been some, of course, MK-like clones, some of them actually made by Midway, um, where they actually did have like finishing moves that you could do once you actually beat your opponent. Like it was nothing from like say Capcom, but it was uh, like, for example, in some wrestling games, you have that because there's a clone, uh, a Mortal Kombat clone called like w- WWF uh, uh, Championship Arcade Edition. I think I'll have I, I apologize if I, if I got the name wrong, but it was a Midway game that is meant to be more family friendly. But The Undertaker actually has a, a quote unquote fatality in that game. And it was all totally based off Mortal Kombat. Hmm. I, I think I think I worded the question wrong. I meant. What are some of the influences MK3 had on other, like, future MK games, like MK4, Deadly Alliance, like, like that? What does 11 borrow from, from MK3? Like, what like what are the lasting effects of MK3 in the oh, franchise from that? Um, like, like, chain combos that you can do, uh, God, like the, uh, the whole six code thing that you can do at the bottom, that's a thing, because I know it's a nine. Um, I don't know about the PS2 era uh, uh, like of games, but I know it's a 9 you can do that. Um, the whole idea of uh, brutalities. Brutalities became a thing because of MK3, and, yeah. that, and that is carried over. They're, they're done much differently, but definitely I, I love that they carried them over into 11 and, and, and reimagined them. Uh, the only Side thing- note, Jay, Josh, does, is it, does it seem like an MK11 on the Switch... You could do brutality the lot. You and me have been accidentally doing the basic brutality, which is just punch your head off with a spine attached over and over, like both you and I. We've done that so many times to each other. It's like, and we always go, oh, god damn, every single time we do it, but we shouldn't be surprised because it's like the easiest brutality to accidentally do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, sorry. Continue, Jay. Yeah, but there's also, um, well, when I think about it, I, I want to figure this out, and and Josh, maybe you can correct me on this. Didn't the whole idea of the crypt actually start with trilogy? Nah, I mean, trilogy and MK three had the, the combat codes. Trilogy didn't have anything new outside just the basic combat codes. But I, I think say, that did evolve into s- the crypt because it went from doing an archaic thing to having a specific code and basically a catalog of codes that you could do to unlock shit. Which evolved into a whole fucking mini game of exploring shit to unlock codes. So the crypt does have MK3 to thank for it. Uh, I also want to say that even though in later games I don't think that they've done it, but in the PS2 era, because Neil had shouted this out to us, um, shout out to Final Neil of MK Podquest. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, but the mini game aspect, where like in Mortal Kombat 2, as early as that, and in 3, you know, there's ways where you can play Galaga right. and Pong and all these other things. Well, in, in in PS2 era games, particularly Armageddon, yeah. there's like a racing game. Combat play, cart. I, yeah. Yeah, combat cart. <laughs> and um, uh, Puzzle Combat, which uh, on the Nintendo DS uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat, which is basically just a port of Mortal Kombat 3. Uh, disappointingly, it was supposed to be 1, 2, and 3 all packaged together, but they just did 3. But they threw in Puzzle Combat, which I think is from uh, Deception. And it's basically Tetris. <laughs> But with like mortal cutesy chibi Mortal Kombat characters fighting up up top as you you progress and it's super fun. It's cool. I also want to say that like in Josh, I think you'll know this more from Deadly Alliance. But like how you mentioned in Trilogy, where you could get legacy characters from older games, which fundamentally have different fighting styles, mm-hmm. so to speak. 
That carried over into later Mortal Kombat games with the gimmick. It wasn't that the gimmick of Deadly Alliance where you could switch fighting styles depending on which character you had? I mean, I think you're connecting two things that don't have a connection, but yeah, like, I mean, Deadly Alliance introduced fighting styles, which now have become, like, move presets for Eleven, but yeah, you had, each character had a fighting style that was based on a real martial art, and then a third style, which just, he got a weapon. So, you know, Scorpion gets Hapkido, and then something else, and then he gets a a broadsword, for some reason, uh, for his weapon, (laughs) you know. And maybe there's, like, no connection, but when I think about, like, Mortal Kombat 3 trilogy and all the legacy crap that they threw in there, like, with merging all the Sub-Zeros, um, all the different Sub-Zeros into one Sub-Zero, but effectively in, in MK3 Ultimate, you have Mass Sub-Zero and Unmass Sub-Zero, which are very, which are fairly different characters from movesets. I kind of feel like that, that, that seed was planted with that game to to expand on the idea that you can have the same character, but you can choose different styles. Because in eleven, you can totally do that. Hell, in ten, you can do that, where you choose different sort of like fighting techniques and styles per character on the selection screen. Yeah, that was ever since Deadly Alliance. Ever since Deadly Alliance, hell, since Mortal Kombat four. Mortal Kombat four didn't have fighting styles, but you did get a weapon. Like everybody could wield a weapon and they introduced that they continue that in deadly alliance so that's the thing but i think the main thing that that mk3 carries on to the other games definitely is the speed because you and me playing nine my brain is swimming i'm like man if i were like 10 years ago watching this i'd be lost because we're going so fast there's so much like counters and the speed and i think that's the main thing yeah um but you know what's kind of funny? Whenever I play Mortal Kombat 3 and I'm like getting used to I'm trying to get used to the speed, the way the speed starts is just so like ridiculous compared to even newer games because just because of how the like the animation uh, goes. Like for example, when I do when I input strikers um like basically rush throw where he just flies across the screen and you know, throws you. There is no startup to that, period. The wow. second that you input the command, he instantly goes into that, like, freeze frame where he's just in the air gliding, and he's going faster than he would running. So, effectively, it becomes less of an actual move that you can pull off, and more of a way to get across the screen really fast. Huh. <laughs> Which a lot of people use it, like, in combos that way. They don't actually use it for what it's intended. They just use it to get across the screen, because there's no startup. You just, boom, you just shoot across the screen, like, boom, like that. It's nuts. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe this happens with a striker. lot. Like this happens with a lot of moves. There's no startup time to these things. They just happen. Like they happen instantaneously, which sort of adds the idea about how you set these things up. But I guess one thing I'll go ahead and touch on, at least from mm-hmm. uh, from the mechanics of Mortal Kombat Three, we've kind of pretty much covered all of the bases here. And I know normally, like whenever we review a game, I'll go into like the fighting game mechanics of this stuff. But in Mortal Kombat Three and Ultimate and in Trilogy. There is so many tiny things to go through. There's no way I could cover them all, but essentially it's super aggressive, super fast. Uh, we mentioned this in the Mortal Combat 2 episode, but there is uh, there is cross-ups, there is damage scaling. One thing I will mention, though, is that moves that you do on a character in a combo are damage scaled a bit more aggressively, but they still stack pretty aggressively, too. Um, a good example of this, and I'm always going to use Striker for this, because he was the guy I played, um, but like, for example, his uh, his launching throw that I was talking about earlier, 
if you just do that move willy-nilly, it does like 19% damage on a character if you just hit it, right? But let's just say you do a jump kick, and then you go into that move and you pull it off. It actually will do a whopping only 5% damage, like after you actually hit the initial kick, because the kick does damage on top of it. And the more hits you do, the less they scale, but it still stacks pretty aggressively because if you know what you're doing with most characters, it really doesn't matter who it is. You can routinely get a for a thirty between a thirty-five and a forty-two percent damage um, output on every single string combo that you do. That's not counting like your bread and butter four or five piece combo that every character has. But let's just say you add things to it. Um, a good example of this is, uh, again, to use Striker, but it can be Reptile too, or, or a number of other characters. If they have an uppercut at the end of their string, right, where you hit them up in the air, they can do other moves right after that, and then they can just add to it. So a, a typical tactic is to do a string, you uppercut them in the air, and you can jump kick them or throw a fireball if that's your thing, or whatever, and you can routinely get like upwards of 40% damage just off a simple combo like that, and every character has this <laughs> to some extent. There's no, Even the lowest tier character in Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate has this. <laughs> so it's interesting just to kind of like look at that and realize, okay, this game is like super aggressive, cross-ups are you know, a thing where if you land it, you're probably going to get some sort of combo thing out of it. Um, uh, jab game and, and, or a uh, counter punching game is super, um, is super handy and pretty much w- whichever character has the best jab game to like tap you out of things is going to be the, is going to be the characters that are going to be top tier. Like for example, Kung Lao is really good at this, which is why he's a top tier character in three ultimate. He can, He's got so many, like, high-damaging, fast-quick movements that he can tap you out of everything and go into something else, like, immediately. Like, um, every single time. His teleport is actually quite, like, is quite handy, because you can do a teleport and immediately go into a dive kick. And boom, that's a two-piece combo that's already going to do, like, 30 damage, just right off the bat. Because you're doing two special moves to get it. And the way they scale is actually... Um, uh, a bit more aggressive than what I was talking about the combo earlier with Striker. So... Mechanic-wise, really, there's not much I can really sort of add to it other than it's just a crazy combo game. It, it's super fast, and, you know, button mashing is encouraged <laughs> because yes, that's, that's how you're going to pull off most of these things. Like, the timing of these things is strict. <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, I kind of want to dig up, uh, I kind of want to dust off my, my MK Ultimate DS version, even though I just played it yesterday, again, and try to fucking beat it. <laughs> Even though I beat it five years ago, and here I am five years later being like, how the fuck did I do that? Because it was so fucking... Yeah. We did play that against each other, didn't we? We did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the downside is, uh, yeah, you can play local, and the other person doesn't even need the game cart. You can just do local Wi-Fi. There's also a Nintendo Wi-Fi uh, option, and I don't know how that works. I think the other person has to have a copy of the game. But the downside, at least with local Wi-Fi, is that you can only play, if you remember we discovered this, as the ninjas. You can only play as Reptile, Scorpion, Jade, or Melina, and that's it. (laughs) That kind of limits you if you're a Kung Lao player. I'm fine, because I got Scorpion, which I hate to say (laughs) it, Smoke is better than Scorpion in this game. He is. I can can actually confirm that. Both Smokes are. Smoke uh, is actually, like... What like I think on the upper mid tier, but Scorpion I, is not as he's not as bad as he used to be though. Like in MK1, hmm? technically Josh, he's bad. 
Mm-hmm. But in MK3, he's somewhat more well, mid This feels like a stripped-down Scorpion because he doesn't have his best move of all. <laughs> um, I say that ironically. His uh, scissor kick, he only has his spear, his teleport, and his uh, air throw, which is all you really need. Smoke, Cyborg Smoke, gets all that, and he gets invisibility. So Smoke's awesome. Uh, True. Yeah. Human Smoke, which you can get by doing a code when you select the Cyborg version and Ultimate... Uh, gets just basically Scorpion's moves. He gets a teleport, the spear, and the air throw. No invisibility, so I don't know why he's superior to Cyborg Smoke. He might be a little faster, but uh, Cyborg Smoke is my jam because all his moves are easy to do, and I don't care to use invisibility, but it's there as an extra. And he's pretty much, yeah, he's like, why do I need Scorpion? Except that, you know, I don't get the cool Ed Boon voice, get over here! So, you know. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to touch on real quick is actually um, a character that definitely made a lot of improvements compared to MK2 is uh, Reptile. <laughs> Reptile. Oh, yeah, because I remember you said Reptile sucked in MK2. He does. Reptile does suck in MK2. And the main reason why, to go back to that video, is that whenever he does his force ball, he holds that pose for a very long mm. time when that force ball is out, which means that he really can't do much follow-up. Well, in MK3, they let him react instantly after he does the force ball. So what you can do with him, and in reality, it's actually a debate on whether if he's better than Kung Lao or not. Kung Lao's faster, but a Reptile has a lot more infinite combos that he can do. And I saw videos of this, and this is cheap. This is, like, stupid cheap. Like, this will make you rage quit. <laughs> All Reptile has to do, his, his combo string ends in an uppercut, right? So if he uppercuts you, if you do the force ball, like the light one, immediately, you'll land on it, which will then hit you back towards Reptile, and then he can just do like some high punches, like some throwing out some one-two high punches, which will hit you back in the air. Then he can create an infinite where he where he hits the run button, he runs behind you, does high punch again, you go up in the air, and then he runs behind you again, high punches you back in the air, and then he just juggles you back and forth to eventually you die. Damn. Like it doesn't matter. And this is and this can happen off any string because as long as you're in the air from that force ball, reptile can do mm. this. So even if he hits the force ball just willy nilly, he can do this. So that right there makes reptile infinitely better because he's a lot more he's a lot more fast and he his infinite potential on his combos is just ridiculous. Nice. Well, I was you glad know? to know that reptile graduated. But hey, man, as far as fucking infinites go, I think everyone's faster in this game. But air mac and rain, man. Um, yep. Uh, I've oh, taken yeah. a great liking to both of them. Like, I remember, like, in Ultimate, you can play as, uh, Air Mac, and he's got the cool starburst throw move, and he's got a telekinetic slam, and he's got a, he's got a teleport punch, just like Scorpion. So he's kind of like another, uh, a mixture of Scorpion and Sub-Zero, and I kind of dig him. But Rain, who you cannot play in the arcade version, because he's only a fucking joke, but in the, Home console versions, you could play him as man. Rain is my jam, because uh, I used to love playing. Yeah, games. like, and you know they've evolved his moves in eleven now. You know they made him more overtly water powers. LOL, because he has his water force ball move, which feels like it should belong to Air Mac because when it hits you, you gain telekinetic powers over your character, and you have to control where they go. And it actually is kind of an expert type of. Uh, play style because you know you have to be good at positioning the the character you're controlling yeah. so you can actually hit them. But uh, yeah, 
I enjoy it. And he's got his lightning move, which launches you to, to open up for some combos. But I love Rain because of those moves. But he has an insane infinite to basically... You can basically uh, waterball him, telekinetic above you, and then do his roundhouse kick, which any roundhouse kick Rain does throws you Pac-Man style to the other side of the screen. <laughs> yeah. And when you do that, you can launch him again, and pretty much, if you're Rain, you can just pretty much endlessly like bat like fucking badminton the other character back and forth across the screen until they're dead. This is actually what I makes... Don't what makes playing Mortal Kombat 3, uh, at least on the tournament scene, in my opinion, not too fun to play, because the second that characters have infinites, then it becomes not fun, because once they get yeah. you in the infinite, you can't do anything about it. Basically, like, you're dead, and it ends up being, like, sort of like a thing. Like, uh, one thing I'll mention, you know, briefly, because I haven't gone into my, like, you know, my very small but brief tier section on this, um, is that tier-wise... And I'm going to say this mainly from Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 because that's the one I played, but it pretty much translates into regular Mortal Kombat 3 as well. Tier list-wise, it's all about Cabal. Cabal, Really? And Cabal is actually top tier in Mortal Kombat 11, so this seems to be a thing with him. Um, But if you're playing Cabal, you basically have in your arsenal one of the most broken moves ever, and in MK3 Ultimate, it legit is broken. And that's that freaking flash spin move that he does. Um, It's worse than the freeze. Yeah, that run that he does. If that run hits you anywhere, like, you are 100% screwed and there's nothing you can do about it. And this thing is, like, versatile. I, I like, you can do this, like, if you cross up with him, um, like, if you do, if you had a cross-up kick with Cabal where they just, like, kind of bounce back towards you, he can instantly go into a spin and you're caught. Like, it doesn't really matter where, as long as Cabal's, like, you know, mask hits your toe, you're going to go into the full spin, no matter where you are on the screen. Um, and because of how fast it is, it's notoriously hard to beat. Like, some characters can beat it, but it's probably going to be by accident. No one anticipates it until it actually happens. But, funny enough, um, if you have expert timing, which none of us do, <laughs> you can throw Cabal out of that move. How dare you? Wait, wait. You can throw Cabal out of what? The rush? Yes. You can the throw dash? him out of it. But... But your but dude, like your timing has got to be like good. stupid good. Like you're not, no one's going to be able to can do this consistently. That's like, probably only ultimate. I'm assuming. Huh? I, I'm going to assume that's only doable on ultimate. Probably. Yeah. What you play. yeah I, and like, the gameplay, the 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 the, the style, the, the gameplay like intricacies are different from version to version. So I'm going to assume that's only an ultimate. It also doesn't help that Cabal's like combo string that he does ends in an uppercut. So when he ends in an uppercut, he can do the spin move immediately right after it, and oh, you're caught. Damn. And and so you're already taking like basically t- like thirty percent damage from the string. And then what he does typically is that he'll jump kick you, and then right when he jump kicks you, he goes into his projectile, which he can do in the air, which is his right. laser eye thing or whatever. And when that thing hits you, you're you, you you've taken fifty percent damage. So boom, like just from that one combo, half your life's gone. So from that, and because of how fast and insane that spin move is, that like makes Cabal like infinitely top tier. And there's very little things you can do about it because when you're playing him, you're not thinking about how you're going to beat him. You're thinking like, okay, when's he going to do the spin move? And if I block it, maybe I can actually beat him. <laughs> but he, but his, but his presence is dictating the match. <laughs> Um, and that's why Cabal is broken, which is why he's top tier. Man, I was starting to tinker around of Cabal too, and I was like loving his eye laser that you could do in the air thing. Maybe I ought to like get get good with him. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, 
He's uh, um he's um he's he's really really good, but like tier wise, um, Cabal would be at the top. But I was actually surprised to find out that Shiva is actually at the bottom, and it's oh, really kind of sad. I thought you were going to say the top. Well, no, Shiva's at the bottom really for one sad reason: is that she's big and she has a wide hitbox, and that's really it. Be- like basically, like even when she's ducking, she's going to get hit by things that most other characters can probably duck under. Which is why but, John Tobias and Ed Boon said they didn't. You know, Goro type character wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep, and it yep, and it shows. But like your characters that are traditionally more fast are going to be like top tier. Although surprisingly, Melina, she was a top tier character in Mortal Kombat too, but she is drastically worse in Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah, you know, I tried playing as her, which, curiously, she is not an instantly playable character. Jade is, but Melina is a secret character for some reason. And, yeah, I, you know, I was never a Melina person until the NetherRealm games, but when I tried to play her in Ultimate, I'm like, I'm not feeling her. Yeah. I was actually surprised to learn that, like, Nightwolf is actually, like, close to a top tier character i can see that yeah like he he's got some he's got some really good anti-air stuff that that axe throw that he does Mm -hmm. it looks limp when he initially throws it out but dude that thing has such a wide freaking hitbox range that if your toe touches that thing and you do a kick you're gonna get hit by it and life is just gonna suck but what makes him truly godly in my opinion is his reflect where he just flexes his chest out at you He's because got so that, much shit. He's got a reflect. He's got an invulnerability uh, thing where projectiles can pass through him. He has his anti-air with his axe. He has a projectile with his bow. And he has a, a body propel move like Shao Kahn with the shoulder charge. He's got yeah. everything except a teleport. And, it, and, it, and his like and his reflect doesn't just reflect like energy based projectiles. It reflects everything practically. Like It reflects Kung Lao's hat. <laughs> um, so if you throw his hat at him Boom, you just got hit with a dang hat. If I throw Striker's grenade at him, that grenade just got reflected and hit and hit me back. And it's pretty much almost guaranteed that if he reflects your shit, it's going to hit you. Like, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're far away from the screen or not. Like, the recovery you have on doing the projectile is not going to be, is going to be, like, way too long for you to actually block the projectile coming back at you. So it's sort of like... Uh, like one of the reflects that like Fox or Falco does in Smash Brothers, like if mm. you because they have a reflect and it has the same properties, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and I think he's the only character in the game that has a toolkit like he does, where he can do that. So that instantly just makes him like really, really good. He's not like top tier because he's a little slow, but he's got some pretty high priority moves. Who is the 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 topest tier? Like who is like? Oh, Cabal. Oh, Cabal. oh, so he is the 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 ultimate. No pun intended. It's because, dude, it's that spin move because yeah. it's a broken move. It's so fast and it can hit you on so many levels. Like if you compare it, Josh, Sub Zero has his freeze and it works kind of the same way. If even a bit of that freeze hits your toe, your whole body's frozen. Right. But the difference is, is that Cabal's uh, run rush is faster than the freeze. Yeah. And the only way you can truly beat it is if you just accidentally jump kick it out of it. But chances are you didn't mean to do that. It was an accident. Or you sort of like took an educated guess and anticipated it and you were ready to block. Now, granted, you can punish it pretty massively on block. But chances are if you're playing someone who actually knows Cabal, they're never just going to throw that move out. They're going to usually do it in a combo. They're going to yeah, just like Scorpion string. Spear. Yeah. 
They're going to get you in a string and then do that move, and then they're just going to combo you to death. And of course, there's infinites you can do, but there's not really one infinite with Cabal. It depends on where you are on the screen and where you're where you are, it, like based on when the spin hits you. You, but you can do all types of stuff. Like you can easily take seventy percent of their life in most combos with Cabal, which is why he's so ridiculous. It's just like you get hit by Cabal one time, and then he goes into a combo. Boom! More than fifty percent of your life is gone. You basically just lost the match already. <laughs> so it's ri- that, that's why he stopped here because there's not really much you can do to it. There's not much that can stop him. Now it's Mortal Kombat three. You, you fucking you you fuck up for a couple moves, and then you might as well just. And what's funny is, in Trilogy, they didn't really bother to fix any of these things. They just made it worse. They added an aggressor meter, and it's like, no, run faster, hit harder, like, go, 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 go. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it, like, it's aggressive. It's a, it's definitely a aggressive game. And our, I would argue Mortal Kombat 3, Ultimate 3, and definitely Trilogy are probably more aggressive than even later games in the series. It's just like, I don't know why, but it just feels like a run towards you and just mash buttons all day at you game. Well, yeah. Like, it will be said, there is no run button in NetherRealm games. There's a dash command, but not a run. I do find it kind of fun, though, that when they released Mortal Kombat 3, the arcade game, they actually had the run button as a separate button on the arcade, and yeah. I don't think I don't think any other game has that. Like, I can't think of any. Hmm. Well, I mean, the street... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, you see... No, no. I mean, Street Fighter, you know, had six buttons because the the you know Mortal Kombat had fewer buttons than Street Fighter until the run button got into Yeah, but the way like Mortal Kombat, like the button layout was weird. Like I can't see myself really using the run button a lot in the arcade because you have like the high punch on the top and then the high kick on the top and then the low kick on the bottom, and it's like parallel, right? It's not like in a nice diagonal six-button configuration like you have an arcade stick. Right. The block button is in the middle of everything, so you have this weird sort of like tic-tac-toe cross-formation with the buttons. And then with the run button, it's just right... It's like right next to the joy... It's right next to the stick. It's right below it. So it's, you have this weird like five-button thing, and then you just have this run button way off to the side. So theoretically, if you've got your hand on it, you're probably hitting the run button with either your thumb on your left hand, which should be on the stick... Or you're hitting it with your thumb on your right hand, which you would normally use that to hit like low kick or high kick or whatever. It's but been a long time. It was near further. the joystick. Say what? It's been a long time. Is it? Is it? It's near the joystick. Yeah, hmm. dude, just look up a picture of a Mortal Kombat three arcade machine and just look where the run button is. Like when I just think about where, like where my hand placement would be, it's weird. Huh. Like I never had that trouble. I'd never used my left hand for sure <laughs> playing it in the arcades. Yeah, but that goes into some weird things about, like, how people position their hands when it comes to, like, fight sticks. Because, dude, there's, like, a whole list of techniques that you can do. Like, there's actually ways that people, like, in um, Latin countries do it. They actually cross their hands over each other when they do it. And it's just, it's, it's weird. Like, your right hand is on the stick and your left hand is on the buttons and you, and you do a cross thing. So... And the way the Japanese do it is also rather interesting, too. Like, there's a whole thing about fight sticks, but I won't get into that here. That's way too long. <laughs> That's way too long of an explanation. <laughs> uh, is there any more to the tier list? Um, no, there's a couple of, like, interesting mes- uh, mentions, though. Sub-Zero and Scorpion are, funny enough, I don't know why, but they're always around the same for this. I mean, again, my source for this is mksecrets.net, for anybody that doesn't know. So, again, with any tier list, 
take it with a grain of salt. Mortal Kombat 3 by itself is so dang aggressive, and there's so many characters that have infinites that realistically, if you know what you're doing with any character and you know how to read things, you can basically beat anybody with anybody. It really doesn't matter who. I mean, it's not like any Mortal Kombat so game, infinitely if, if, better than another. if you believe in yourself, it's like Christopher Lambert says, there's always a way. There is always a way. What's the tagline of Mortal Kombat 3, Josh? With knowledge oh, yes. power? Oh, uh, yes. No, it's, uh, there is no knowledge that is not power. <laughs> There is no knowledge I, that is not power. I don't know why that's a fucking tagline, except to say that if you know a secret combat code, then you're just as cool as everybody, every other kid in the schoolyard, because there's fucking 100 codes. I think that's where that tagline came about. There's yeah. so much shit to know. Uh, you, have, you have power. You have knowledge. Yeah. But no, you see, I don't think there's really any more to the tier list, other than I will mention this for... Mortal Kombat Trilogy, but also for Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, apparently, the Tier 2 character, according to MKSecrets.net, is Chameleon. He was a hidden character in Trilogy, but he is in Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate. No, he isn't. I thought, but I thought he wasn't playable, but he is actually in the code of the game. That He's just unfinished. Really? Yeah, he's unfinished in Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate, but he is technically in the game. You gotta be shitting me. Nope, I'm not. Interesting, I did not know that. He is in Trilogy, though, as a hidden character. Well, yeah, well, there's two chameleons. The, the, the PlayStation version had the male chameleon, and the N64 version had the female chameleon. And the male chameleon is just, you know, uh, randomly goes through the movesets of all the male ninjas, where the female chameleon is, like, semi-transparent, and I forget what her moveset is. But I, I don't see Chameleon as an unlockable. He didn't say unlockable. He said it just he exists in the code somewhere. Yeah, he exists in the co- oh, he exists man. in the code. I still have not game. heard that. I need to confirm but he, that. But he's right, but okay. he was unfinished, so I don't think anybody can quote unquote unlock him in the game. I think you have to hack the game to release him. But basically, he's got like a weird move set that is very akin to Scorpion. Like his moves weren't complete. So, you know, it's sort of like a, it's one of those like, haha, like, you know, it's sort of like secrets, which, hey, you know, like even like what I think it was Ed Boon or Tobias even said, there's secrets in Mortal Kombat games that people have not found out. And maybe Chameleon's one of those secrets right. in Mortal Kombat 3. Him and Shonatex. So. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, as before we go, unless there was anything else, I wanted to see if we could do a rank, like, what are our rankings of? Oh right! Since we one through three, since we've basically gone through the 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 core two D games from the two D era, that's a good point. We should probably like also mention like all the versions of the game too, as far as like our favorite. Well, yeah. Do we want to rank just one, no, two, no, no. three, or do you like, want to include like we'll, we'll do one, two, three ultimate? Because n- none of us really played trilogy no yeah i, I can't say I so have. i would say let's rank and also we kind of we could rank it but we all kind of agree it's kind of trash so yeah why don't we just rank one two three and ultimate three and ultimate is separate i'd say so because it has uh some new things will we will we put that together should we put that together i don't know I'm actually okay with we'll like separating um three yeah, let's and separate ultimate them. because just to give us more things because I'm gonna go to guess what preference revealer <laughs> even though it's only four fucking things and I think I know what my answer is gonna be but <laughs> uh yeah let's do it all right who wants to go first I will um all right so for me if I had to rank it I would say just overall picture right I'd probably go just general uh, yeah general yeah. two. 
three ultimate and then one. What about three? Uh, crap. I forgot about that. It th- uh, three <laughs> would be above one. So I would go, okay, so I'll, I'll, like, I'll rephrase this. Um, it is two, three ultimate, three, and then one. I would say two ultimate, one, and then three. Hmm. I would say, well, I just did my preference revealer thing, and I actually say ultimate, one, three, and then two. What? <laughs> what? My brain's fucked up. What? That's not what I would have what? said. Uh, just spitballing it. I would have said that. What would you have said? One for sure. <sighs> and then that's it. There's nothing I, I don't know. One's that. my favorite. One is the most fun I had playing out of through these, and that's just because of the AI was perfect. The simplicity was perfect. Ultimate is what's wrong, dog? My dog's next to me and he's shaking for some reason. Um. Ultimate was like the perfect, uh, you know, party game, bring everything together for me. But at the same time, I had a lot of shortcomings, yet it shows up at the top of my preference reveal list. Two was, for all intents and purposes, the perfect Mortal Kombat. Uh, just the AI hampered it. And three was, you know, this great, brave game that changes so many things. And it shows up uh, the next to last on my list, so... I would say Mortal Kombat 1 is my favorite, but apparently it's Ultimate comes before that. Cool, well... I don't know, dude. I always gotta got the, the, the fucking hot take, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, but the, the, way I, the way I look at it, Josh, is that Yasin and I have good taste. We don't know what you're smoking over there. <laughs> well, wait, what, each of your number ones was what now? Mortal Kombat 2. two? Yeah, because 2's yeah. The, 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 the fan-heralded best uh, of the Mortal Kombat. Yeah, man. Like, like well, Maybe it's just because going through 2 now was such a negative experience for me because of the AI. That yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I can understand that, but when I think about 2... I did have someone to play with. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah. And, and see, when I think about 2, I don't think about the AI. I judge these games based on what it's like to play other people, and like how stiff the controls are, and how the characters move, and how balanced the gameplay is, and like two hands down is going to beat that. I have more fun. I think I can say that I have a lot of fun playing three or three ultimate with someone else, but it's three where I'm like, I'm screaming at the screen and I'm mashing buttons because I just want to just like plow your face in. But with two, I feel like I actually have to think you have to stop and yeah, block and think we're going to, as soon as we're able to, we're going to have an ultimate tournament with one damn right. Two and three. Um, I have Mortal Kombat 2 in the Super Nintendo, so anytime you come over to my retro room, we're ready. Now that I enjoyed MK1, I should acquire that and 3. Or yeah. I'll fucking buy an MK um, cabinet. Yeah, I think that's that's our episode. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it is our episode. Once again... I will, mention, oh, go ahead. Like, I will mention stupid briefly, as far as versions of MK3 that we didn't really touch on, but I just felt like it's worth a mention, um, there is a Virtual Boy... Oh, God kind of rip off um we went two hours without you mentioning that and now we got i know right (laughs) but i feel like it's worth mentioning at the end of the episode because it really is just sad um but there's this thing called the r zone and for anybody listening if you're old enough to remember this because i barely am anyway um it was like this headset thing that was like the virtual boy but you wore it on your head so you look like a you look like a ready player one reject from the (laughs) 80s and it's not and it's not good it's not good at all, but they had Mortal Kombat Trilogy on that thing, and it plays like it, 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 it plays like bird poop. I don't know any other way to say it. It just plays like a pile of bird crap. 
Um, it's awful. It's terrible. But it had a commercial. It had a commercial for this thing. And the commercial is freaking hilarious. Oh, I didn't see you this. Did, you see, like, you know, like, nine-year-old kid in his collared purple shirt looking fly for a 90s kid. And he's just like, yeah, man, I'm going to get this thing on. I'm going to kick your butt in some Mortal Kombat 3. Whoa, look at the red and black graphics. Oh, God, it's so cheesy. It's the cheesiest thing in the world, and I loved it. Just watching that commercial made it worth a mention on this podcast, because it's just so (laughs) god-awful. It's basically like a Tiger Electronics Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, dude, it's it's worse than that. Imagine everything bad about Tiger Electronics, and then put it in the Virtual Boy, and then put it on your head. So, it's it's so terrible. Boy, that needs to be an exclusive for the Oculus Quest. Oh, God, I wish a Mortal Kombat game on... Oh um, yeah, we were talking about that, like the the the, the trippiness yeah, of getting your head severed, you know. Yeah, but I just yeah, yeah, but I just felt that that was just worth a mention, just because like it's just so funny, and it technically does count as a version of Mortal Kombat Three trilogy that does exist somewhere that we yeah. haven't talked about before. Yeah, true. Well, if I ever want to dig up a Virtual right. Boy from a used game shop and just give it a go, I, you know, I'd be Josh. I'm good. Josh, save your sanity. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm good. Uh. But yeah, thank you all for listening Absolutely. to another episode of Combat Time Podcast. Uh, thank you, Josh and Jay, as always, uh-huh. for joining me on this podcast. And I don't like the way you said always, that, that air finality about it. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. But on this final podcast, but I'm going to announce that yeah, Combat Time now podcast. that we got to the end of the 2D games, I'm out, bitches. No other, <laughs> no other game matters now, so we're done. No, we're not done. Yeah. We're keeping going. Don't take no, that wrong. No, we we got a long way we to go. Never In fact, we actually, have so much m- to do. we actually have more fun things planned because we will enter the 3D era of Mortal Kombat soon, which is I am a complete virgin to. I've never played any of these games, wow. and I look forward to actually playing for the first time. So these are going to be fun. <laughs> we're going to have to figure out how to play these. Yeah. Are you going to emulate them? Going to finally get over uh, to each four other's houses. is on GOG. Uh, I'm going to get four on the N64, and if, you know, y'all are comfortable coming over to my place, play that shit. I already own Deadly Alliance, so we're at least set in two games there, hopefully. Oh, and we got we to gotta fucking do I Mythologies, dude. There's a little side story. We got it, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got to do Mythologies. Yeah, that's a different stuff. type of game. You can't just play it for five minutes and say you experienced it. you got to beat the story, man. It'll True. be it'll be fun True. trying to track all these things down and figure out where we actually can play them. For those things, well, like I, have I said, no I have a used game shop where I've seen both four and mythologies on N sixty four available, and I haven't bought them yet. And I should go back and see if they're still there. Yeah, I'm going to try to get. I mean, I'm definitely going to get the GOG version of four. I have the GOG version of four, but all the other ones, I'm going to try to get the. Oh, if there's a GOG uh, version of PS2 four, I can get that. Yeah. yeah, there is. The graphics will be better uh, than the N sixty four too, anyway. Uh, well, no, the the the, the fucking uh, arcade version of four has semi cinematic uh, scenes that look like kind of pre rendered, where the scenes that play out in the N sixty four version are in game models and look way more janky. So, you know, mm, I, but I might do yeah. myself better by getting the GOG version. Yeah, true. I mean, Jay can get that too. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's true. You got it. You got a Windows um, PC. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh yeah. That is the end of our podcast, and as always, Josh, take it away. Yes. Um, well, I, I had an idea for, for this outro. Uh, in theme with our last uh, two game-focused episodes, I told a story for MK1 episode. I told a story for MK2 episode. And I got a story for this one. Um, 
which does tie into Halloween a little bit, even though this episode is going to be released, uh, you know, way after the holiday, uh, in keeping spirit with, you know, what we're experiencing now, spooky season. This story does involve a little bit of a, a ghost, uh, encounter and how I became a true detective. And it, oh, at boy. the end of it, it all does tie into Midway Games somehow and Mortal Kombat. So, uh, I'll just launch into it and say, oh, let me readjust myself here. And I got my dog next to me because he's come in wondering what the hell I'm doing. He's just sitting here next to me. I'm cuddling. <laughs> uh, he's shivering a little bit. He's probably scared of what I'm going to say. So, uh, <laughs> for a period there after I graduated, when I was in the senior high school, when we moved back down here and when I was starting college, I worked summer jobs uh, at the various pools in the gated community. Uh, the gated, wooded community where my parents live. And I make it sound like it's this big yuppie thing. It isn't. It's white trash fill. It's just a gated community. And they happen to have three separate pools. Uh, the one in walking distance where I live was like nothing to do there. It was super small. There was another one, a big indoor pool and a rec center, which incidentally did have an Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 arcade machine there. Just wanted to point out. It's like I can't go anywhere about if you're going to have an arcade machine, there's going to be an UMK3 <laughs> cabinet there. And there was one there. But my favorite place to work at was the other pool. It was called the Teen Center at the time, even though it didn't really have a teen demographic. But it was this rustic building out in the middle of like the campgrounds area in the middle of the woods. Uh, you got, you know, a fairly Olympic sized pool and then a big giant patio and this big rustic building with wooden shutters that I had to close at the end of the day and all that. And like a big side yard. Uh, with a side fence that, you know, back when we stayed open till nine o'clock at night, you would have to go lock in the middle of the night, you know, walking through knee high grass. And, you know, it's about 20 yards, 40 yards out and you're waiting for Jason Voorhees to come out of the woods and kill you before you get, it was <laughs> creepy, spooky, neat place to work at. Uh, so I was working there and I'd overlap a shift with this, uh, one girl that was working there. And the layout of the building was, you, you go in, there's a wraparound porch 360 degrees around it. The wooden shutters that you have to close yourself. In the front of the building, there's some little tables and snack machines and uh, lethal enforcers that I talked about playing there. And the center room is the kitchen and the employee area. And the back room is sort of a little game room with a bunch of arcade machines that I used to uh, love going around on stormy days where there was nobody at the pool picking up loose change from the chairs and then going back and playing like Golden Axe or Popeye. Shit was great. Super comfy. Uh, they got a bunch of arcade machines back there and some more tables. And so, and, and then down below is some bathrooms. They're like on a, like a sub level. Like you go down some steps on either side and there's a men's room and then the women's room on either side of the building, kind of like below the main building. It might be hard to picture, but that's how it was. It was like below us. So I was picking up a shift from this one girl who's fairly new. And as, you know, one afternoon, you know, I was coming in. She was talking about this noise she's been hearing. Uh, it sounds like somebody down below in the bathrooms is slamming one of the, the bathroom stalls, which are like these little wooden rickety bathroom stalls. And I'm hanging out with her before I, I clock in and I hear it. It just You just hear a distinct slam. That comes from down below. And it literally sounds like someone slamming a bathroom stall. But there's no one fucking there. It's just me and her. And I'm like, that's weird. And, you know, we talk about it. And, you know, she was kind of a spiritual person. She told me about a previous job she uh, used to work at. Like a gas station or something where there was a resident ghost. 
uh, that would, you know, move things and all that. And uh, one day some guys tried to rob the place and all of a sudden they were besieged by things being thrown at them. And it basically, she interpreted it as her ghost was protecting her. And she gave it a name, mm. like Joe or something like that. So she used to tell me about that. I'm like, damn, man. And it's like, maybe we've got a ghost here. And she and me would try to get to the bottom of it. Like, you know, before she had to leave for her shift, after I picked over, we'd do a thing where she goes downstairs and I stay up by the balcony and listen for the slam. And I'm, I hear it. I hear the slam. And I'm like, I, I just heard it. And she comes out and she's like, I don't hear shit down here. And I'm like, that's weird. So it's yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck it is. So I was like, you know, for days, for several days, you know, I leave with her going on her way and me finishing the evening shift knowing I got a ghost or something here, not knowing what the fuck it was. So one evening, um, I'm mopping up. It's like eight o'clock at night. All the people are gone. I'm here alone in this, you know, big rustic building surrounded by woods and nothing. And I'm mopping up in the back in the game room area, just like do, 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 do. And I hear a slam. And I'm like, there it is, on cue. Wonder what it is. And I just continue mopping, waiting for when I hear it again. And I notice that it is, it's a little louder than I've been mm. hearing it so far when, like, she and I have been standing over the railing. And it's not but much, like, five minutes later that I hear it again. Very much even louder, like, slam! And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I just continue mopping, and I'm trying to be observant. And I'm getting to the other end of the room, and I hear it again, and it's even louder. It's almost like it's right behind me, and I'm like, okay. It's got to be, it's in this room. And I'm watching, and it does it again. And I'm looking over, and I'm pretty certain it's coming from one of the arcade machines. And I watch. And it does it again, and it happens right at the same instance that comes on the screen. And it's the NBA Jam from Midway arcade machine every time it comes up to the high score there's a slam and it's coming right from that machine i'm standing right next to the machine and i hear the slam coming directly from the machine and i realize that what it is it's supposed to be the sound of a basketball hitting a backboard <laughs> this whole time the demo attract mode in nba jam has a sound that plays and that was our ghost and I, I fucking solved that mystery. And, yeah, and it was a midway game, starring Kerry Hoskins, by the way. And so, yeah, when I told the next day my coworker about that, she seemed awfully disappointed. But, you know, I'd solved the mystery. I felt kind of proud. I debunked things. But, you know, she told me, too. She's like, I don't believe it. I, I, I'm pretty certain that what we're hearing is a demon from hell. I'm now certain. And I'm like, I'm like why do you think that? And she's like, because he's on fire! <laughs> Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Combat continues. Get over here!